Hello again, and welcome back to the Spirit of Fire podcast. I'm your host, Sal Salerno, and I'm here with my co-host, Zach Jacobs. Hello, hello. And Mr. Martin Smith. Good evening, gentlemen. Good morning. Uh, And we say that because uh, I happen to be in the eastern U.S. time zone. Zach is in the central time zone. And uh, Martin there is in Australia, and he's actually 12 hours ahead of me. At the time, we're actually recording Sunday, 8 a.m. my time, 7 Zach's time, and 8 p.m. tomorrow, or tonight, rather, uh, Martin's time. So uh, quite a bit of a difference there. Well, we have a lot to discuss. We haven't had a podcast in a while, so uh, if there's any title for this particular episode, it is just that there's a plethora of Halo to discuss. <clears throat> so uh, let's go ahead and get into this here. Uh, first, we're going to talk about uh, some Halo gaming news, uh, and in particular, uh, this is about Phil Spencer uh, kind of alluding to... Uh, Halo 2. So, Zach, why don't you uh, why don't you start that discussion? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, ever since the NeoGAF leak about uh, Halo 2 anniversary being sort of uh, rumored to happen this year, Halo 5 next year, um, Phil Spencer, in uh, speaking at the recent Game Developers Conference in San Francisco um, in late March, said the following. Now, this is this is a pretty long quote. Um, but I feel like most of it is pretty relevant to, to the topic of discussion. Um, so he says, in this fictitious world where the game existed, it's an easy answer. It has to be just the multiplayer experience that we all found in the first Halo 2 game. If you think about what happened in the franchise and what, what were the hallmark moments, such as when did dual wielding come in, when did another playable character come in that wasn't Master Chief, all the things that you know and love about the Halo franchise, if you're going to say one thing about Halo 2, you're going to talk about the real multiplayer. I think you just have to nail it in such a fundamentally core way. Frankly, we at Xbox would love to do it better, probably better than we did with Halo 1 Anniversary. I thought the multiplayer in Halo 1 Anniversary was good, but Halo 1 never had multiplayer in the truest sense, so it always was going to be something different. He also goes on to say, if there's something called Halo 2 Anniversary, he concluded, I think the multiplayer would have to be fantastic. So it's it's kind of interesting to me that he says all this. He he talks really hypothetically about about the situation of Halo 2 Anniversary, but doesn't confirm or deny that it's a project in development, going back to the whole perfect, perfect throughout the whole studios that nobody's going to confirm. Yeah, nobody's going to deny. That is so frustrating. <laughs> so they're very consistent with their stance on the game. Yeah, um, but it's just kind of frustrating because I really want this to happen. <laughs> it will. I, I honestly believe it will. It, it can. It is. It is sort of the anniversary for it this year. So if they wait until next year, it's going to be obsolete for the anniversary edition. <clears throat> yeah, I I feel like with. I, I, I don't know. There's, there's a lot that we could talk about, and there's a lot of, like, little topics of discussion I have. Um, but one one big thing that kind of, that kind of like, sinks this for me, or not sinks it, but uh, makes it kind of a little more true and like, believable, is that this next Halo game is most likely going to be on the Xbox One, if right. not an exclusive 
the new console. I'd say it would be. So right. that would be. What better way to test a new Halo game than to test a port over? Because this would technically, if you think about it, be a port over from Windows to Vista. Not a total port over, but it'd probably be a recoding and stuff like that. But it'd be easier to port a Windows 2, or not a Windows 2, <laughs> a Windows Vista game from Vista over to the Windows 8 platform that's on the Xbox. Interesting. I, uh, <coughs> I, you know, I, could, I couldn't see them going that path just because of that. The links that went to the redo Halo 1 for anniversary on 360, if right. they just did a port from Vista, right. you think that, that the, sort of the, the community at large would be saying, well, this kind of isn't what we wanted. I think if they're going to redo it, they would have had to do it from the ground up, redo the graphics, yeah, um, no, the graphics would be new and everything would be reskinned and everything. Like not like Halo One or Halo C E anniversary. But I'm just yeah. saying that the core like coding development part would be a lot easier than coding an entire new game for a new I gotcha. platform. I gotcha. Now you know, while you're talking about that then, so we know that CE anniversary uh, was actually done by a different studio, and they were contracted to 343 for that. You know, they did all the reskinning and that kind of thing. But it's interesting to note when you're talking about Phil Spencer and some of those things he said uh, about multiplayer being in there. So it sounds like, and, and however you want to read through his quotes there, but it sounds like you know a potential Halo 2 uh, anniversary would have matchmaking included within it as opposed to anniversary a CE anniversary that is where the multiplayer was actually uh, linked in with uh, with Halo Reach so you know I definitely agree then that it makes the most sense that it would come out on the Xbox One for one that would help to promote sales for the Xbox One uh, and you know there would be plenty of people that would want to you know want to play Halo 2 again and especially if it kind of goes back to the uh, to the core of what uh, multiplayer was so uh, you know I definitely you know I, I definitely see it happening and you know his his remarks are to me they seem pretty thinly veiled yeah. uh, you know it's like how can you say all that and then not really say that it's coming out I mean that's you know that's how I read it absolutely now, I am curious, though, uh, while we do have, you know, that, since we're talking about multiplayer there for Halo 2, uh, will the will they still decide to add in any other uh, functionalities from the success of games after that? So, you know, would there be... Uh, uh, pickups for you know uh, uh abilities or yeah. you know so yeah in that kind of stuff i wonder if there's going to be all that other stuff thrown in there as well um i kind of really i kind of hope they don't i just hope that they kind of do keep it halo 2 yeah. you know halo 2 specific yeah. and also the the side potential benefit to that is that halo 2 at least for the year that it would be uh, available until Halo 5 comes out. And this is all, of course, you know, theoretical. But um, uh, at least for that year, I could see pro gaming picking up Halo 2 again. Wouldn't that be crazy? 
Yeah, and and That's I can, true. you know, I can really see that happening, uh, you know, and and just not to go off tangent too much here, but just mm-hmm. briefly, uh, if you guys know, uh, Ogre Two just uh, announced his retirement from competitive yes, gaming, and. Uh, if Halo 2 Anniversary comes back and it has multiplayer and it hasn't really been, you know, messed around with, and it is what it is, you know, pretty much like the original, um, I could see himself and uh, others really coming back heavily into uh, competitive uh, Halo, at least for, you know, like, like I say, that year, if it is a year between Halo 2 Anniversary and Halo 5. Final Boss is back. <laughs> 2006 Final Boss. Yeah. Um, it, 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 that would be really crazy, actually, to happen. I mean, that could mean that MLG might pick up Halo again. That would be that would be great. I think that is something that the pro community would love to see again. Um, you know, it's really not happening uh, with Virgin Gaming. I mean, I know we had last year's tournament and all, but that was last year, and there really hasn't been anything big since then. Yeah. However, um, we do have a tournament coming up with another group, but uh, we'll get to that shortly. Is there anything else we want to discuss with Halo 2? I mean, I know we could go on for days, but we have a lot of other stuff to discuss. I think, I think that um, this, this sort of hypothetical game, I'm speaking in shades of Phil Spencer right now, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that a hypothetical game for Halo 2 anniversary would be really good for the community if, if as he says, they totally knock it out of the park. Right. Not to mention it's it's a good way, like you said, for multiple, for Microsoft to sell consoles, which they're not afraid to do is use Halo to sell. I'm right, right. Um, but I think it, it'd be good to get a lot of trust back in the community yeah. and, say, and say, hey, we know what you want now we're giving you this as perfect as it can be enjoy right. and wait yeah. till halo 5 i think the scary thing is that everyone we've spoken about on other podcasts and that's there's so much competition coming out around about that time anyway um through bungie's other title um <laughs> you know you're gonna it's, it's a good way to advertise you know this is we're using future tech this is where we're going but it's well i'm probably the bit that I'm concerned about is that by the time a year rolls around, hopefully that Halo 5 gets released next year, is that if their product is inferior compared to Halo 2, which we've been playing on Xbox One for a year, then that opens up a whole new sort of can of worms. Oh, that's yeah. Probably, that's probably for another discussion another day. Yeah. But, um, it's all hypothetical, as you said. Hope they bring it out sooner rather than later. Yeah, um, and and thank goodness the sooner is E3, which is, I think, roughly 60, 64. 70 days. 64. 64 days, I believe. Yeah. So if we don't hear of anything beforehand, which I don't think we're going to. Uh, didn't they usually have teaser trailers before E3? No, normally Spike TV through game trailers has like a, a week leading up to the actual event. They have They, they show bits and pieces. Um, of, of upcoming stuff, not companies to do that, but have to like bring new IPs in. I couldn't see 343 doing it with Halo because there'd really be no need. But um, I don't know. Who knows? Man, how much hype would that generate? Yeah, you yeah. Just see, like you just see, like uh, like an old purple like 
crappy looking banshee fly through and then black screen and then something else black screen and then master chief and then black screen and then the old halo 2 logo (laughs) end of end of of trailer i think i think i've said it i've tweeted it out i mean we're probably going to talk about this later on anyway but this E3, I think, is going to be very Halo-centric with the amount of information we've just been given and yeah. still the information about the game to come out. I think Microsoft are really throwing their everything in, all in on Halo for this year. I, we, don't, we haven't seen it yet to confirm it, but with right. already the news that we're going to talk about. Um, so hopefully. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I agree with you. All right, fellas, well, let's move on then to uh, the next uh, part of Halo Gaming News, and this will be pretty brief here. Uh, Spartan Assault that we know came out on Windows 8 last year, uh, Windows 8 phone and so on, uh, is now uh, half price on uh, on their consoles. So whether you have the 360 or the Xbox One, instead of it being $15, you can get it for $750. So that's not too bad. Uh, also, though, uh, Spartan Assault, available on Steam. Yeah. So, uh, and it's actually pretty cheap there. Uh, uh, anybody recall the price on that? It was like eight bucks, right? Is it? Okay. So. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys have got it. I, I bought it. Uh, I enjoyed it. And I bought it when it was $15. And uh, I got a lot of play value out of it. I still play it. I still am trying to get all of the, uh, all of the, uh, um, what do you call it? Gamer uh, score from that. So, uh, you know, uh, I've still got plenty of time left to play in that. So I definitely recommend getting it. And now that it's half price for the consoles, no reason, uh, you know, anybody should hold back from, uh, from getting that for, for $7 and 50 cents. Believe me, it's completely worth it for that. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, and like I said, that was going to be pretty quick. All right. So here's a a couple of other things, uh, that we're going to mention. Um, uh, if you guys recall what well, you guys do, but I'm talking about uh, the listeners out there. Last year, uh, AGL, which is the Arena Gaming League, uh, they kind of went kaput. And uh, there was a bunch of controversy uh, uh, surrounding them, really uh, leading up to the uh, the Halo 4 Global Championship. Uh, and then with tournaments that uh, happened or were supposed to happen afterwards. And uh, basically, AGL shut down. They hadn't paid the, uh, the competitors or anything like that. However, uh, very recently, we finally got news that Brad, uh, the head guy over at AGL, has finally started doling out some money to the competitors. So, uh, once again, Zach, why don't you go ahead with that? Yeah, so uh, regarding this topic, we kind of picked up right where we left off. Um, <laughs> so Brad from AGL, um, Brad, Brad's trying to start um, a new competitive organization around the game Smite. So Smite is a MOBA a free-to-play MOBA, which... What's MOBA? Which, yeah, if you don't know what a MOBA is, it's a massive online battle arena um, that's similar to League of Legends. Um, Like I said, it's free-to-play, but you can buy in-game purchases and upgrades and stuff like that. Um, So Brad is trying to start this new organization with the same people that AGL started with, Mr. Billy Lutz, and I don't know about uh, Giggle Monster, Oh God! Let's <laughs> please let's not mention him. 
I saw him the other day on Twitch, and uh, it wasn't Halo, but he was on Twitch. Oh my god, I I just about had a fit there just seeing his name on Twitch. Anyways, go on, please. (laughs) I saw saw it too. So, um, Brad Brad hasn't paid anyone since, I believe, uh, there's a few people who weren't paid for AGL 6 and 7, but... AGL eight was since everyone what was the last time anyone ever got paid, um, which happened about six, seven, eight months ago. Um, the last event that was supposed to happen was AGL ten, um, but got canceled. <laughs> and so it's been it's been quite some time since anyone's got paid. Um, with there, there's been several people who have quit competitive gaming because they're like I can't make a living off this and I haven't been paid. Um, so I don't know if some of you are familiar with this player. His name is Richie Hines. He goes back to the, I believe he might've played Halo two, but I know he played Halo three for sure competitively. Um, so Brad sent the following text. Um, now bear yourself for rage inducing reading. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to get you your money sent out tomorrow. Can you let everyone else know too? I'm going to need one favor to help let everyone know you are all paid so it doesn't interfere with my current job. Can you help me out? So basically, <laughs> if you can't tell from that text, he's asking Richie Hines to tell everyone that they've all been paid already so that it doesn't interfere with Brad's new league with Smite. Yeah. So what the competitive community did they went on smite's reddit forum or a reddit sub forum um and wrote a long drawn out post about why brad is bad for the smite community and telling them to be careful consequently two two or three days later brad paid everyone the money he owed now i haven't i haven't really seen anyone say hey i haven't been paid most people have been paid, as far as I can tell, um, and I haven't heard much more about Brad or his Smite League that he's trying to start. So I don't know if that's going to go anywhere. Hopefully yeah. it doesn't, but... At the end of the day, man, cowboys like him should really have no place in business, because honestly, he gives a bad name to gamers, the organizations that, that are affiliated to it. And even the titles that, he, that he's representing for his so-called league. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's just disgusting. What a cowboy. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. I mean, when you think about it, it, like I was thinking about this earlier in the week, like if, if AGL had been a better organization, competitive Halo 4 might have still existed today. Right, right. But because of his, you know, flakiness and you know, inadequacies to keep something going and make something uh, stable, competitive Halo 4 is pretty much non-existent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we we were looking to, I think it was, uh, was it Virgin Gaming? Uh, You know, hoping they were going to do something after Halo 4 Global Championship and nothing really has transpired after that. Um, You know... I don't want to say I told you so. Oh, man. You know, after that whole fiasco last year, I just completely lost any respect for them. And and then with that happening, with them finally shutting down, you know, it, it's just, 
when when you read that quote about you know him saying you know let everyone know you're paid so it doesn't interfere with this current job i think that uh you know the guys did right by you know alerting the other community hey you know yeah. I, I i would i would if if I was one of those competitors waiting to be paid months later and he had the gall to ask me to let people know, you know, that I was getting paid, I'd be like, dude, when I get my money, I'll let you, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say something. And then, you know what I do? I just wouldn't say anything. I'd be like, man, hell, well, I'm going to give you a favor yeah. after months of, you know, you not paying me. Yeah, that's well, ridiculous. Yeah, I think the reason why he sent it to Heinz is because Heinz is generally a nice dude. But and I think he tried to exploit that, mm-hmm. but Richie Richie was not having it. <laughs> yeah, I think he tweeted the picture out, and he in all caps was like breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was funny. Yeah, and I saw a bit of the uproar on that. There was uh, a bunch of posts going on at uh, Beyond Entertainment on that, and oh, it, it's glad that I'm glad to see that you know that chapter is finally closing. Uh, I don't want to necessarily say on a good note, but, uh, you know, because, you know, it's, I mean, to be paid months later, is that really good? I mean, yes, you're getting paid, but, um, but at least, I guess, I guess I could say a a somewhat positive note, you know, considering everything else that happened. Yeah. Uh, Anything else on that? Um, no. Okay. uh, (laughs) This, uh. I don't think this will be the last time we see Brad. Oh, God, I I hope it is. Yeah, you know, at least at least involved with Halo. You know, yeah. He whatever this smite thing is, you know, go ahead, do whatever, man. But you know, I'm not getting involved with that. Oh no. Yeah. So you were since we are speaking about Halo tournaments and all that. Uh, there's this Iron Gaming uh, 70K Halo 4 uh, tournament. Uh, Zach, since you're our local pro expert here, why don't you uh, why don't you talk about that too? Pro expert, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think I think it was about a month ago, or maybe a month and a half ago. Um, Iron Gaming, who is known for doing most of the AGL setups and logistics and stuff like that, event setups. Um, which they're really they're really good at event setups and stuff like that. Um, announced they're doing they were going to do a Halo 50k tournament. Initially, they announced it was going to be a 50k Halo 4 tournament in a series of uh, three qualifying events and then like a grand finale. Um, so then people kind of started asking them why why is it going to be Halo 4? Like there's no competitive Halo 4. And then they were like, okay, well, we'll write up a list of games. We'll tweet out this link, put it on our website, put it on Twitch, and say, vote for which what, uh, game you want to see. So then you started seeing all these people sharing the links, and it was like, vote for Halo 3, vote for Halo 4. And so it turns out that the overwhelming, not the overwhelming majority, is pretty narrow um, voting, but it was Halo 4 was the winner, the clear winner. Oh, wow. Which, huh. Yeah. Sure which some people were really surprised about. Um, and then they kind of started talking about, well, are you checking IPs? Are you checking, you know, who registered these votes and blah, blah, blah. And then um, Iron Gaming actually tweeted out a, a picture of a spreadsheet where they had multiple um, email addresses voting for the same game. 
So they then said, you know, we're going through this by hand to kind of sort out the votes to take out the duplicates, whatever, whatever. And it's still Halo 4 is the winner, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, So now you see a bunch of people looking for teams, looking for, you know, sponsors and stuff like that for Halo 4. So um, enough about the logistics and, like, unclear... um, Voting. Money and voting, yeah. yeah. Um, so the first event is going to be at Michigan at the end of April, which is coming very shortly. Um, and the second event will be at Momocon in Atlanta in the end of May. Um, and then the third and final qualifying event will be head, held in Chattanooga at the end of June. Now, what's interesting about Chattanooga is that I believe it's close to um, Knoxville. Well, yeah, they're both the Tennessee, so relatively, yeah. yeah. This is where the AGL events were held at. Um, so they say they go on to say that this uh, this venue will be amazing. This is our home stadium, <laughs> and our local partners are pulling out all the stops to make this an event to remember. Um, so those are the qualifying events. Now, I believe. The way it works is that there's an entry fee for all the qualifying events. Um, But if you win at the first event, then you get a pass to the second one. If you win at the second one, you get a pass to the third. And if you win at the third, you get a pass to the finals. So, um, and then I guess you're invited to some private party at the finals. So this is what's kind of interesting. Um, the season one finals will be held at the Rooster Teeth Expo in Austin, Texas, July 4th through 6th. Um, they're providing passes, like I said, to the first through fourth place land qualifying event winners to get into the event, but a private party on Friday. Are you guys confused? Because I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this is the whole problem with this whole thing is that I was I was going through the website last night trying to kind of figure out what the setup is going to be like what the rules are going to be like but they haven't really posted anything yet um they like i said they originally posted it as 50k but then a couple weeks ago they tweeted out that they added another twenty thousand dollars onto their prize pool somehow and they haven't really announced any sort of signups buying any team passes so this is like regardless of team attendance they're guaranteeing for throughout the entirety of the event that you can win $70,000. To, to be honest, well, I understand it's a little bit scary. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I would imagine that 70000 split between all the various winners, the various, right. you know, like right. one, two, three, and so on. Right. But that's still, that's still I believe, Sketchy. way more than any AGL event ever paid. Yeah. Or ever but if they, promised if they, to pay. If they send me affiliated, like you said, they did all the logistics and set up for AGL. If they've got any kind of affiliation through them still, it could be a little bit scary as well. I mean, it just sounds a bit dodgy. This is yeah. me. But. Definitely. I mean, when I first when I first read that they were doing 50K, I was like, what? I was like, someone's doing a 50K Halo 4 tournament. And then <laughs> I, I, I tweeted them, and like, cause pe- because I think it was uh, uh, alumni was like, oh, we need to be <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, he was like, we need to be behind this and we need to support this. Like, why isn't the community supporting this? And I was like, well, what do you expect after AGL? 
Yeah. Like, do you expect people like just run out and sign up and hopefully not get paid again? Yeah. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like, of course, people are really skeptical about this, especially because of their ties w- still with Brad and uh, AGL. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's 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 rumored that Brad might be at some of these events. Oh, he better not. But, he, he better not. Yeah, I mean, if if that's the case, then I mean, they they really need to distance themselves from AGL, um, which I they haven't really done. <clears throat> um, hmm. Also, besides Halo Four. They're still trying to decide the second game, but I believe it's going to be Counter-Strike Global Offensive, which, I mean, that okay. really doesn't mean anything to us, but it's just kind of interesting that it's Halo 4 and Counter-Strike Global Offensive, which mm. are kind of not the most popular competitive games, but they are pretty popular. Yeah. At least Counter-Strike is. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of confusing and not really anybody understands it and the maps are being currently tested and it just it just kind of seems like a haphazard thing yeah it kind of seems like a last minute put together thing um i think that for this kind of for this kind of thing to be successful i think they have to go with smaller prize pools at the start just to prove that they're a legit organization and then go on to bigger maybe a maybe a like a final like finals like the national championship it would be you know twenty five thousand for the top team let's talk again theoretically here let's say that what they're going to do is legit even if even if they haven't given all the info out you know by putting seventy thousand dollar in prize pool money uh i think that's a way for them to you know try and give a, a kickstart not kickstarter but a kickstart or a boost into Halo Pro Gaming, you know, if if, um, if an organization was going to try and bring that back, um, while I understand, you know, like the point that you made about starting small and getting, you know, and getting some a good reputation and all that, <clears throat> I think if, again, they're legit with this, by making that much money available, uh, you know, if everything is successful and goes as planned, uh, that that will be enough then to give that big jolt that's needed for Halo to come back as a uh, competitive game. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I mean, I, it definitely needs to be enticing. Um, it's just kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Most people, when you talk about seventy thousand dollars total prize money, and you're like, saying, and you're saying that there's no signups yet. Nobody knows the settings, the maps, that kind of stuff yet. As far as I know, I mean, I I looked at it very briefly because their website was a little a little confusing. Um, mm-hmm. But I read through the FAQ to get most of the um, details so far. Um, but I did see I did see some people testing and doing some play type testing um, mm-hmm. this this past week. Um, and I know Nated Nated was streaming Halo Four, which he usually doesn't do, and he was testing for Iron Gaming. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it just seems, there seems like a lot of confusion and not a lot of stuff is known or being publicized enough. Yeah. You know, uh, let me interrupt if I can then. So here's the thing then, and this, this is certainly uh, a cause for a pause on this whole thing is you're mentioning that the first event is supposed to be at the end of April. We're now in 
the you know at the end of the first week of April, and if they haven't put out that information yet, I mean, you know, you got to figure, you know, teams have to get together, they have to get a sponsor. The sponsor is going to want to know that kind of information, um, and you know, if there's no signups yet available. And we're talking about something, if they say the end of April, you know, like the end of April, let's say it's the very end. I mean, let's three weeks away, you know, you've got the logistics of the teams having to book their flights and the hotels, that kind of thing. You know, so there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen. And if Iron Gaming isn't putting out this information, uh, like now, you know, like I would hope that we would hear something this week. It's got to happen this week. Otherwise, if it doesn't, you know, you can pretty much say this isn't going to happen. Because even if, you know, a week goes by and let's say next weekend they finally release the information, is that going to be enough time for teams to come together, get their sponsors, get their tickets, you know, the plane tickets to get there, the, the you, know, their, you know, all their travel arrangements, lodging and so on. It, it just doesn't seem like that would be enough time to do it, you know. All right, so it looks like it looks like sorry, it looks like judging by the website, the dates have changed from what their FAQ says. Oh, um, here we go. So the first event is going to be May third. Okay. The second event in Atlanta is going to be the twenty third of May. The next event in Chattanooga is going to be the June twenty seventh. Okay. And then with RTX July fourth. So that's pretty pretty close it's pretty close i mean there's there's okay. a month delay between the atlanta and the chattanooga event but between the michigan and the atlanta event there's like two weeks about <laughs> three maybe three yeah. weeks yeah three so weeks. just real quick um another thing that's going to confuse the hell out of you guys is their sponsorship application so, all right. So, consideration for sponsorship. This is what it says directly from their website. It says, to be considered for sponsorship by Iron Gaming or our partners, you will need to do the following. Meet the minimum social media score requirements. Maintain a consistent streaming schedule. Maintain ethics in line with Iron Gaming and partner brands. So, the requirements for social media score. <clears throat> so, the way they break this score down Facebook likes a total times 0.5 equals your Facebook social media score. Twitter followers times 1 equals your Twitter social media score. Twitch followers times 1.25 equals your Twitch social media score. And then your YouTube subscribers times 1 equals your YouTube SMS or social media score. So... To be considered for individual sponsorship, you must have over 15,000 social media score. Stream four to six hours a week with 200 or more viewers. Now, tell me any Twitch streamer that streams Halo 4 that gets over 200 or 200 viewers consistently. None. Besides Ninja. Yeah. Nobody. 14. You know, I, I'm going to tell you this. I have been getting on Twitch much more uh, uh, often, and every time that I get on there, first of all, there's not a whole lot of people streaming Halo 4 to begin with. Yeah. And then to have that many, yeah, no, that's, I don't see that happening. So for a team to be sponsored by Iron Gaming, 
you have to have over 50,000 social media score. Good God. The, Which, the whole scoring thing is a little weird. Yeah. You know, I think they should throw that out of it and just say, you know, they should be happy that they would even have people participating, you know. Yeah. And then, you know, once they become legitimate, you know, and, and all that, then they can start to make a little bit more on the demands of, uh, you know, uh, you know, I think that's a, that's just a crazy formula. But, you know, if that's what they want to do, but man, it's, to re- require all that up front. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, they've caught a lot of flack for their weird and unclear, you know, ways of doing things. Um, but like I said, I mean, so far they've kind of been like, hey, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to make this, you know, really, you know, really the next big thing and, you know, just wait and see. But some people are like, man, I don't <laughs> know. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we'll we'll have to say uh, more on that as uh, things develop then, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anything else on that? And if not, we'll move on. No, no, that's that's all I have for that. Okay, all right. So the uh, the next uh, couple of subjects here are going to be uh, other Halo related projects uh, that aren't necessarily uh, video games. Now, uh, the one big one that just happened uh, within a couple of days ago is it was announced that Ridley Scott. Uh, and uh, Microsoft are teaming up for a Halo digital feature. Now, just to make it clear, this is not uh, the same feature that um, Spielberg's doing. Spielberg is supposed to be making a TV show. This is a, well, a quote-unquote digital feature. Now, does that mean is it a movie, or will it be more like the Forward Unto Dawn web series? That hasn't really been made clear. Uh, it looks like it's going to be more along the Forward Unto Dawn thing, though I would love it to be an actual uh, movie, but I don't think that's the thing that's happening here. <coughs> Let me, uh, I'm going to kind of, read over uh, this article that I got from IGN that was written by uh, Scott, uh, I believe it's Kalura, uh, and then uh, and then we'll talk about it from there. All right, guys? All right. <clears throat> so he says, uh, we've been hearing rumors about a potential Halo movie for the past decade, uh, with uh, Alien and Blade Runner director Ridley Scott's name being associated with the project as far back as 2004 and as recently as this past January. Now it looks like the rumors are becoming a reality, sort of. According to Microsoft, a digital feature project based on the Halo game series is in fact in the works from 343 Studios, Xbox Entertainment Studios, and Ridley Scott's Scott Free Productions. The feature will be released later this year and will be executive produced by Scott and Scott Free TV president David Zucker. Uh, Sergio Mimica Gazan, uh, known for Battlestar Galactica and Heroes, will direct the feature. I really don't know that person, but I imagine if you're a Gala- uh, Battlestar Galactica fan, you probably know who that is. <clears throat> All right. Uh, now, with a digital feature project rather than a film, you might be wondering, it's all a bit vague right now, uh, but it seems likely that this is not something that will get a theatrical release. Uh, another place called The Wrap is reporting that the project is, is expected to follow the same format as Forward Unto Dawn, uh, which was delivered on the web. <clears throat> okay, uh, the site adds that the story will follow a surgically enhanced super soldier who is not Master Chief. 
uh, and that Prism Break creator Paul Schuring may write the digital feature. Now that's interesting. And I'd, real quick before you know, before I forget this here, so it's not Master Chief. So I'm thinking it'll be either Thorne or Palmer. We'll come back to that in a moment, though. Uh, additionally, Microsoft points out that this is a completely separate. Uh, this is completely separate from the premium Halo television series executive produced by Steven Spielberg, which is still on track. Which it, you know, I'm glad to hear them say that. But we still haven't heard anything since yeah. E3 last year. So it's almost been a year now. So come on, folks. We need to hear something here. Um, back in January, we heard that District 9's Neil Blomkamp uh, was directing the pilot for the uh, Halo TV project. Uh, further confusing matters, Blomkamp has also worked on a now-defunct feature film version of Halo a few years back. Um Let's see. It should also be noted that uh, Mimika Gazan is a Spielberg collaborator, having served as first assistant director on many of his films. So there's a lot of big names here in the mix. Okay, so let's talk about this this whole thing here. Okay, so it does look like it's going to be more along the lines of Forward and Dawn, and I'm okay with that. That actually works for me. I'm pretty cool with that. What do you guys think? Yeah. There you go. Go ahead, Martin. (laughs) <laughs> I was just going to say, look, so if it is along that same sort of lines, and if Halo 2 Anniversary is being released, that would be kind of a good lead-up, because some whereabouts they left off before Night to Dawn, you just go to the next logical step. Um, perhaps it could be, a, after so many releases in the years to come, could just be a mix of different directors doing these little prequels around game launches. Mm-hmm. That's why sort of they had someone from last year with a different director, They've got this coming out at the end of this year with probably the Halo TV series, hopefully. But um, to, the fact that it's Ridley Scott, that it, it's a pretty damn big heavy hitter. It is. Like that. That's, I know how you feel about Michael Bay. Oh, but, God, uh, no. All we get <laughs> is explosions then. Yeah. All, 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 I'm, all I'm saying is, man, his name's as recognizable as any director that's out there at the moment. And yeah. uh, people will go who are a fan of Ridley Scott films, and they'll watch the download or, or the, whatever release they choose to do it in just because it's a Ridley Scott film. So it's actually going to bring more people to the title. Sure. Now, you know, um, we mentioned... Oh, sorry, Zach, I know I interrupted you. Just just briefly, I'm sorry about oh, that. Yeah, no How I mentioned uh, about it being not Master Chief. Now, the time timing of this then, if it's not Thorn uh, from Fireteam Majestic and Halo 4 or Palmer, the commander of all the Spartans on the UNSC Infinity from Halo 4, if it's not either of those two, if you consider if this is coming out at the end of the year and the rumors of Halo 2, might it be a different Spartan 2 uh, potentially, you know, one of uh, Blue Team or just a totally different Spartan 2, maybe somebody we've heard of or not heard of yet. But, uh, you know, considering the timing of all this and if Halo 2 does happen at near the end of the year, uh, then as a good lead into that game, I could see it being uh, another Spartan 2. I was going to say, I seriously don't <laughs> think they'd go too far away from sort of Kurt, Kelly, John, sort of Blue Team. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't think they'd do sort of Thorn or, or any of the other ones, the, the newer characters, just because the community wants to see, and I think anyone else who even knows Halo a little bit would want to see the main characters that they're familiar with rather than jump straight into offset characters who have just been introduced, you know what I mean? Right. This is what I think. But um, it'd be cool if they did something with Kelly and Linda, I should say. I reckon these stories could be pretty... And Sergeant Johnson. 
if they found the right actor to play that, that would be that would be, be awesome. amazing. You know what? And and now that you mention it, it says, it says surgically enhanced super soldier. I don't know necessarily that uh, Johnson was surgically enhanced, but they could always retro that in if they wanted to. And he was, he was enhanced in one region. Yeah. Ha ha ha! Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, he was part of the Orion Project, which is considered Spartan ones, even though they're not called that. So, man, that would be very cool. That would be a great way to get uh, Sergeant Johnson back in there. And I'm sure that the guy who voiced it would love to uh, to voice it again. In fact, he can actually do the acting for it, probably, which that would be just badass. That would be really cool. That would be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, for some reason, I'm picturing Samuel L. Jackson lining up to yeah. audition. Oh, no, please not him. I, I love Sam Jackson. I do. He's like one of my favorite actors, but he's in everything. And I know, that's what I'm saying. For some reason, you get to see black man who who is an awesome character. That's me, man. I'm going for it. That's it. That's it. That's <laughs> done. I got it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That would be so cool. But the thing is, is if you look at the actor who who did the voice for Johnson, they kind of made Johnson look like that guy. That's so. So it only makes sense to have him do it, you know. We know his voice, and since he, you know, they already kind of look like each other, then you know, why not just let him go with it? That would be great. Of course, we're going off tangent here. I mean, who knows? It, like I said, it could be a Spartan two, could be a Spartan three, could be a Spartan four. We don't know, but you know. It's a- so, in any event, it is good to hear that there is something else going on. Now, that said. Uh, And I was going to get into this a little bit later, but I'll just quickly mention it here. 343 is doing this and they're working, you know, they're, they're working on games. They're, you know, they're going to be working with Spielberg doing a TV show. You know, I, you know, I really would rather 343 work on the freaking game. Give us the ultimate best Halo game. Not not talking about Halo 2 Anniversary because Halo 2 Anniversary is likely going to be done by somebody else. I want to know that Halo 5 or whatever the hell it's going to be called is going to be the absolute best. So, you know, this, this whole franchise revolves around the game. It's the game. Anything else is ancillary. It's only extras, you know. And while they can help to, to supplement the franchise, they don't speak for the franchise in and of themselves. They're good things to add to it, you know, and certainly can help build it up. But if the next game, and I'm not, again, not Halo 2 Anniversary, but if the next game isn't up to snuff, I mean, it's got to be kicked, uh, I've said it before on the podcast, it can't just be out of the park, it's got to be out of the freaking atmosphere good. If it's not that good, then all this other stuff could be for naught. You know, it, those might be good productions on their own, but they'll quickly fall into obscurity if the next game isn't just super awesome, fantastic, you know. Uh, so, you know, I mean, I know 343, you know, is, are the stewards of the franchise and they want it to get, you know, popular again. But, you know, they seeing them go to, you know, all these different things. And not really hearing anything about the next actual game, I'm concerned. 
But you have to you have to remember though, I, I sort of look at it like this. We asked for ages on probably the first few podcasts that we did, saying just take your time. We don't you know, make sure that when you do release it, Halo Five is as good as what it could be. I think they're giving us, and hopefully they've heard. I'm happy with what they're doing. This is just me. I think the fact that they're, if the rumors are true, are waiting till next year to release it and putting a beta key with the rumored Halo Two this year. I think that's perfect in, in terms of they're giving us and themselves time, even though they've got other projects, which obviously they're going to be tied up. Hopefully it'll just be sort of high-level execs rather than the people at the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully that they, they have listened to the community and they are just going to take their time. Yeah, I'll agree with you. I'll agree with you there for sure. Yeah, yeah it's just, you know, I, I guess... I guess I'm a bit impatient for uh, some news of the actual game. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm happy to hear about all this stuff. You know, it certainly gives me something to blog about. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah. but you know, uh, for me, it's the game that's the central piece here to the whole thing. And, you know, I just want to hear something. So I hope that at E3, uh, you know, there finally will be something about the next game, not Halo 2, but the next game. Uh, you know, even if it's just a little snippet. Like, all we just need something give us a little it doesn't even have to be a bone you know it could just be you know a, a little niblet you know or something you know something but um anyways just a little teaser trailer yeah something but more more than e3 last year you know but it doesn't have to be a full-on trailer you know, more than what they showed last year though all right anything else you guys want to say about the ridley scott project um no i think uh i think it'd be kind of cool because Forward Unto Dawn, whenever I watched it, it gave me chills. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's kind of some nerd nerd weirdness, but um, <laughs> it, it definitely did. Just seeing that, like, live-action kind of Master Chief like, yeah. stab, stabbing that hunter, it was, like, insane. Oh, yeah. That, that, was, that was a cool scene. Yeah. Um, and, and you know you know, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I mean, I, I redid all of those as comic books, and they're on yeah. the site. I mean, I I completely went all in on those. So, yeah, I enjoyed the hell out of it. How about you, Martin? Anything else on that? Um, no, I mean, no, I, think, I think we covered it. Just, yeah, E3 can't come soon enough to finally get some kind of concrete Halo news that's good. Yeah. <laughs> Out into the wild again, and, and something to be excited about, and such sort of... I mean, it's already April, you know. There's as long as this year is much left in it, substantially. Yeah. So not too long to wait. All right. Well, let's move on to the next subject then. Since we were talking about uh, other partners and so on, uh, there was an, a recent article uh, that came out that said 343 Industries uh, is to work with external partners on the future of Halo. Uh, and I'm going to quickly, uh, again, read this article, and then we can discuss uh, all the different points that are brought up in that too, okay? All right, so this is a, an article that was uh, posted on TotalXbox.com, and it was written by Edwin Evans Thurwell. Um, it says, uh, one Xbox veteran sought to work with existing code base. All right, um, so it goes on to say, here's your enigma for today. 343 Industries is in the market for a software development engineer to help drive the future of Halo, a process that involves work with external partners. Another hint, perhaps, that, thir- that, that talk of a third-party developed Halo 2 anniversary reboot is more than talk. 
The right candidate will help 343 with the challenging task of ensuring our external partners are able to turn world-class games into industry movers. He or she will be able to support external partners using a mature pipeline, drive new techniques and algorithms, take a lead on performance tuning issues, and bringing passion and new ideas to the table. They will also be approachable and able to work with closely with artists and designers to understand requirements and solve problems. Applicants should have recently shipped a AAA Xbox One title, and I'm going to stop that here for the moment. Okay, so obviously we know. Um, we're, obviously we know we're not talking about this article is actually not external partners. They're actually talking about filling a position within 343 to work with external partners. Now, that one line, though, applicants should recently shipped a AAA Xbox One title. It just freaking came out. How many Xbox One titles are there? That's funny, yeah. That is a really, really small pool of people you're looking at there. AKA you know? people from Respawn who want to leave Respawn. Yeah. Yeah, Titanfall, you know? All right, so let me go on. Uh, Title, and will be expected to get up to speed quickly on an existing code base already in production. This suggests uh, that 343 is mostly unrevealed Halo Xbox One will be in the technological basis for any hypothetical parallel projects. Halo Anniversary co-developers Saber Interactive and Certain Affinity are tipped to be working on Halo 2 Anniversary by a number of sources. Microsoft has stated that these and other reports are based solely on speculation, which Mm. isn't quite the same thing as saying that they're false, other than confirming that your Halo journey on Xbox One begins in 2014. Oh, this is them, sorry. This is them quoting, Microsoft quoting. Other than confirming that your Halo 2 journey on Xbox One begins in 2014, we have made no announcements related to specific titles. So, again, there's that kind of veiled, you know, well, we're saying it, but we're not saying it, you know. So, okay, (laughs) let me go on here. Halo 2 anniversary rumors aside, he mentioned that external partners could also allude to a project at Vanguard, co-developer of the moderately well-received Halo Spartan Assault. Oh, did I say Virgin Gaming before? Was it Virgin Gaming or was it Vanguard Gaming? Well, whatever. I, I might have been wrong. Anyways, uh, it could also refer to an externally developed DLC pack for Halo Xbox One rather than a full game. Uh, your guess is as good as mine. Um, it says 343 is known to be working on at least one game that isn't Halo Xbox One or the forthcoming Halo TV series. Uh, we'll hear more at E3, hopefully. Okay, <clears throat> so here's some of the things that I said. Uh, about this article, and then feel free to chime in whenever. Just feel free to interrupt me. All right, so once again, rumors crop up about Halo 2. Um, I say get on with it. Uh, if we're getting it this year, let's hear something. And that's, you know, I've already mentioned in the podcast. Um, let's see, let me just try to scroll through here. Okay, um, so again, as we said, this isn't really talking about external partners, but rather filling a position. Um, we talked about the fact that, and I'm, when I interrupted this, that you know, uh, how many Xbox One vets out there are, are out there? You know, it's just, again, you know, that requirement alone is just kind of ridiculous, you know. Um, I can see there being people that are currently working on Xbox One titles, but to say a recently shipped one, again, uh, you know, what is there? So, like, a handful of AAA titles at best yeah, for Xbox One? like, two, maybe three. Yeah, there'd okay. be a lot of a lot of people from EA. Yeah. Uh, oh. And then you've got uh, the Call of Duty folks. Yeah. 
Titanfall. You've got the yeah. you've got Capcom. Capcom who shipped Dead Rising three. Um, you've got oh god, I don't know Tomb Raider. The Tomb Raider devs who actually went over to Microsoft. Who was the guy from yeah. Tomb Raider? So so let's let's say that that's the pool that we're looking at. Then that's still a pretty damn small pool of people. You know, yeah, and you got to figure they're probably going to stick with where they're at. You know, you know, and and I, if I may say this, I really don't want Call of Duty people working on Halo again. Yeah. We had that happen with Halo Four, and Three Four Three was like, well, you know, first they said we're bringing in people who love Halo, and then they said we're bringing in people who hate Halo, and we're bringing in Call of Duty developers, you know. Well, wait a minute. That that whole that was a fiasco for me. I just didn't like that. It, either if they love Halo, that's great. That's fantastic. You don't necessarily have to love Halo to work on Halo, though. Of course, it would be preferred. But you know, with the people that quote unquote hated Halo, or if they worked on Call of Duty, they have Call of Duty mechanics in their head. And as we saw, some of those things, in fact, did happen with Halo Four, and that happened to move it further away from what the core of Halo is. So, you know, again, with respect to the Call of Duty folks, and uh, you know, I, I want to just keep those games separate. You know, you got your Call of Duty, you got your Halo. Well, please, let's not integrate it any further. You know, so I don't want any Call of Duty devs to come over and work for three four three. All right. Um, again, talking about. Um, uh, Saber Interactive, Certain Affinity. Uh, I mentioned, you know, that that's, again, it's cryptic. Uh, and as a fan, and not just as a fan, but we as consumers uh, would just like to know something, you know. Uh, in fact, if they mention it, you know, hopefully at least by E3, because if they start waiting longer than E3, it's, you know, it's really going to grind on people. But, uh, you know, Xbox One, for a lot of people, is not a cheap investment, you know. Um, and so, you know, you got to, some people have to budget for it, you know, so we need to hear this a little sooner than later, you know, and get, get a little excited to know, okay, yes, we're definitely getting something. And what is it that we're getting? You know, uh, right now, Xbox, unless you can find a deal, which there is, and I'll mention that, but right now, Xbox one is $500 us with tax. It's roughly about five thirty-five, Um, and you can get a deal. I, I think Amazon still has a deal $50 off and, you, and it's the Titan fall bundle as well and i think walmart still has it too um you know and so that would drop it down to 450 plus the tax but still that's a lot of freaking money and that's more than the ps4 so if you really want me to buy into this you know uh, quit being so damn cryptic i really hate that you know uh with all these rumors they need to just dispel the rumors right away and stay instead of saying you know instead of being like what phil spencer was saying or or what Microsoft is, well, we haven't officially announced anything. You know, what are you saying then? You know, isn't, isn't, isn't that just good marketing though? Oh, isn't, no, isn't, isn't, isn't not, isn't not, I mean, to people like us, of course not, but you have to, by him saying that and not dispelling it, just gets people talking about it. Whereas if he just, if he just said, no, nah, it's not happening, people would leave it at that and say, no, nah, it's not happening. I've already heard it. And the discussion would be stopped. By not saying anything and smiling when he's talking about the subject, who would be talking about it until E3? I think we have to keep remembering that Microsoft is their multi-billion-dollar money-making machine who will do anything to try and yeah. get people talking about their products, no matter how much of a detriment it is to big fans like us <laughs> sitting here going, 
oh, can you just stop it? Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, but, but the thing is, is, you know, what harm is there in saying, yes, there, you know, there is this project in the works. Is that going to stop discussion? Hell no. In fact, I think a lot more people will get even more excited about it True. instead of being worried and wondering, is it going to happen? You know, I think by, by saying, yes, Halo 2 anniversary is coming out. That would get a lot of people excited again for Halo. And as, as we talked about earlier, you know, it could potentially open up Halo 2 becoming a pro gaming uh, event again. And if they announced it now, that would give some entity out there the opportunity to develop that, you know, as opposed to waiting till later, waiting till later and keep, you know, kind of passing it off. So, you know, uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> you know, they mentioned uh, uh, an externally developed DLC pack for the Xbox One. So here's my thoughts on that then. So let's say uh, Halo 2 Anniversary doesn't happen. Uh, and this is for the Xbox One. So then would it mean that it would be the next Halo game and then the Halo 2 Anniversary would be similar to CE Anniversary where uh, we'd get multiplayer's uh, multiplayer maps from... Halo 2 anniversary that would be ported over to the next Halo game and played in that instead. Um, again, going by Phil Spencer's remarks, though, that doesn't seem likely. So, Do you, do you remember a wee while back, um, there was that rumor that at the end of the year they were going to have ported 1, 2, and 3 over to Xbox One as ports and then have Halo 2 anniversary? Do you remember that? I think you spoke about it. Briefly, yeah. Very briefly. That'd be interesting. I, I, I can't see that happening though, because I, I honestly, I honestly see that as being maybe just a little too much Halo. As much as that would be great for we big fans, um, yeah. you know, having all of that uh, available would really dilute the you know the population. And I think it's very important to keep the focus on the current game, so that the, the current game is the one that's being played the most. And uh, and that keeps the hype up for that because otherwise, you know, then you're going to have people like right now. What's going on with Xbox 360? You know, um, you can play uh, Halo 3, Halo Reach, Halo Wars, Halo 4, Spartan Assault. You know, and you know that uh, while it's fun and, and it's good to be able to be you know go back and play all these different games, uh, it really has diluted the uh, the population. Uh, and Halo 4 has most certainly suffered for it. Uh, not that I want to see Halo 3 shut off anytime soon, but if they did, then it might bring some of those people back to Halo 4. Um, you know, obviously it would upset people, but it just does it did with people with Halo 2 being shut down, you know. But um, I'd be really upset. <laughs> yeah. As would I. As would I. Yeah, I would see. That'd be like they go free. Yeah, they go free. right? Right? Why? 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 Why would we need three chefs though? Just take take that down. Free up the server room. Just leave Halo Three. Maybe. Yeah. Give, give me give me my bubble shield and be uh. Yeah. Oh man. That's <laughs> All right. Give me, my, give, give me my bubble shield region and be uh. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, let's let's move on because uh, you know we're already uh, an hour into it, and we still got uh, some more things to discuss here. All right. So uh, let's see. 
the next thing, and we'll just mention this briefly, is uh, there's been news about um, the Cortana uh, voice being added to Windows phones, much like uh, Siri is for uh, for other phones. And uh, we've heard a little bit more news about that. We've uh, heard uh, some voice samples, and there's been uh, some videos circulating around on YouTube uh, with um, you know people talking about Cortana or talking to uh, Cortana within the phone and getting replies back. I know Frank O'Connor did just a quick little uh, blurb in there. So, you know, if you search YouTube and you search Cortana, uh, I think it's Windows uh, Phone, you should be able to find some of those things. Right now, we don't have a current release date set for that. So, um, you know, I, I really don't have much more news on that. Now, I don't know about you guys. Now, I have an iPhone, but... This might be one time where I actually decide to switch over, and absolutely, uh, you know, I hate I hate Nokia's, see. I hate Nokia's, but I would so freaking buy one. Yeah, just <laughs> that's what they want you to do. This is typical Microsoft using yeah. Halo to sell sell their product. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got to be honest with you, man. The 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 thought of having Cortana in my pocket. Uh, wait, let me rephrase that. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shirt pocket, shirt pocket. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay, let's go with that. No, the idea of having Cortana on my phone and being able to ask her questions and, and have her give me responses back, and it is going to be Jen Taylor's voice, which is great because obviously she's the voice actor for Cortana. Um, you know, that would just be something fun. You know, now the thing is, is would that novelty wear off quickly? I don't know. No. You know, I don't no. know. Um, I, think, I think it would. No, of course it would, but. Yes, I mean at the end of the day, I, I don't even use Siri. I, I use Siri like once. Yeah. Uh, the fact that <laughs> I've so used the shit out of that software. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, I'll, I'll have to find out more information, of course. So whenever they decide to release that information, you know, look at the costs and all that. But uh, you know, as a hardcore Halo fan, man, I'm really considering you know doing that but wow man that would cause a whole change in our in our phone plan and all that so you know uh, once again we're waiting on information from microsoft okay yeah well let's uh let's go on to the next thing then and this is just going to be a kind of a brief mention uh with regards to 343 specifically uh bs angel was promoted from being senior community manager uh and i forget what the name of her title is now and then bravo now is essentially uh the only only halo community manager so um and i've not i don't have much really to say about B.S. Angel's promotion, you know, she's not really working with community much now. But the interesting thing, and I've heard this go on both sides of the fence, with Bravo being the only Halo community manager now, is I've heard the opinions of, well, that's going to be great for competitive gaming, you know, because he'll have a big voice in that. And not that he doesn't already, but because he's the only one, um, then he can have even more input uh, you know, via the community uh, for competitive gaming, you know, and that kind of thing. And obviously with the hiring of uh, Ghostiami and, uh, you know, a couple of the other ones, uh, Dursky and, and Neighbor, uh, you know, the, it seems like it's going more in that direction. Now, conversely, uh, I've seen and read uh, posts on various sites that have said, oh, my God, that's ridiculous. You know, I'm not a, com- I'm not a competitive player. I'm more of a casual player. And, and you know, I, I don't want this game to be become all of a sudden all competitive. Well, the thing is, is Halo... Uh, was 
and should be a mixture of both. So, you know, Bravo has just recently just taken this over as, you know, being the only community manager. So we have yet to see what produces from that. Um, we definitely do need some more competitive stuff in there because, you know, we've talked about this before, uh, whether we've, you and I, you know, you guys and I, we've talked about it over live or in a podcast, but, you know, we still need ranked and social. We, hopefully that comes in the next game. And, um, you know, certainly Bravo would have a huge hand, I would think, in the development of the ranked portion of that. Uh, so we certainly need that. And I think that it would be good uh, then uh, for him being in that role. Um, now, does that mean, though, that the casual side uh, of, uh, of Halo will be ignored? Um, I don't think so. If you look at the direction of the games from Halo 3 to Reach to Halo 4, it has really catered more to the casual crowd. So I can't see the next game uh, losing it. You know, I mean, I can see there being more of a differentiation like Halo 3 was where you have ranked and social, and that's what I'm hoping for. So, you know, is, is it a good or a bad thing for Bravo to be the only Halo community manager? Like I said, he just took over, and that kind of remains to be seen. What are your guys' thoughts? I think, I think he's got big shoes to fill. Um, yeah, I think, I think Jess was pretty, pretty. I mean, some of her sense of humor is a little weird, um, <laughs> but she's pretty cool. I mean, she's really nice on Twitter, and she always is like, she's not one of those people that you like reply to, and then she just doesn't respond or do anything. Um, it's it's kind of like she always responds to you, or she's like retweeting or favoriting or whatever, you know. Um, I just I haven't seen that from Bravo, right? Um, but I think I think the more and more I look online, is that he's starting to um, do that. So I think I think he's just got to get into like the head lead role and just kind of pick up where she kind of left off. Martin, look, man, as long as she doesn't, as long as Bravo doesn't start putting innuendo and <laughs> cats and freaking cats into the into the bulletins every week, I'm hey, I'm what's be- wrong with cats, man? No, 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 not there's anything wrong with it, man, but come on now. Freaking cat t-shirts, Nintendo, yeah. Left Right Center. You're, you're a Halo community manager. You need to be talking about Halo. Yeah. You know, that's that's just how I put it. Yeah. yeah. Cats, so no, cats and funny cakes. <laughs> well, she does. She posted about bacon, so he could post about bacon. I'm okay with that. But I do agree with you, Zach. Yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more interaction from Bravo, uh, you know, via social media, specifically Twitter, but also on uh, on Facebook and through the forums more. Uh, so, you know, that's, uh, you know, in fact, after we finish this podcast, I think I'm going to kind of tweet that out nicely to him. So maybe you guys will do that too. And, and in fact, I'd encourage everybody listening to do that, you know, in a respectful manner, you say, Hey man, congrats on uh, being, you know, the, the, the top community manager now. And, uh, you know, we'd like to hear more from you. So, you know, maybe we can uh, all help to get him uh, a little bit more inspired to, you know, be more interactive with the community. Yeah. Well, I think judging by the Waypoint forums, which is the scariest place in the world, <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, a, little, a little trepidation, but uh, you know, I yeah. think I, th- I think he'll be fine. Yeah. What? Why the scariest place in the world? I thought. Have you ever been on the Halo Waypoint forums, Martin? Not lately, man. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> I need I need a description, man. You can't just why, go ahead, Zach. Why are they, why are they scary? Ha- ha- having been on forums and moderating forums for a few years now, 
it's it's like not the it's like people's grammar is like bad sometimes which isn't a problem i mean that's cool whatever um it's a little annoying but then there's some people who you read something and you're like what are you talking about Mm. and then there's other people who are like hardcore flamers and there's huge trolls it's Uh, it's just a bad scary place you can you you can boil it down to this that and I'm sorry, but this is how I feel about it. So this is my own personal opinion and my experience on Halo Waypoint. Their moderators suck. Yeah, they don't. Okay. Do or, or, or it's that they've been told you can only do these things. So they're not allowed to fix some of those things. But I have to say that if that's the case, then I wonder why... Uh, what was it? Uh, well, it was pretty much when it, when it, uh, started up as a forums, I had posted, um, uh, you know, uh, my blog link at the end of every one of my posts. And don't you know, I got, I got like a, I think it was like a three day ban for that because I was putting a signature in my post. And I'm like, what? I like, I'm just putting my form, you know, I mean, my, my blog in there, you know? And the one guy was giving me a hard time. I'm like, you know, and he's like, well, you know, if you read your terms of service when you signed up, you know, but then I read the terms of service and I came back to him and said it within there, it was something to the effect of, um, uh, you know, nobody else is allowed to, uh, affect your enjoyment of the site. And I said, my enjoyment of the site includes being able to post my link to my blog, you know, but so anyway, so I got, I got that. I think, like I said, I think it was a three day ban and this was years ago. Okay. Like I say, when it first came out, Halo Waypoint came out, but if I got banned for that and you look at the Waypoint forums now, holy shit, there should be, I mean, I'm not going to say everybody, but there would be a high percentage of people that should be banned if not for three days, even more so. I mean, it, it is ridiculous, and I don't even go to them that much anymore because of, you know, that. I mean, there's people that, okay, when you, you guys know, obviously you can quote uh, within forums, but when people are quoting quotes of quotes of quotes of quotes, you know, I mean, you know what I mean? Like stacked quotes. Like seven levels deep. Yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous. That's why on the forums for HFFL, which I'll mention like again later, I have it, I think, that you can only go three deep because I just hate that people just keep, you know, quoting and then you've got this wall of quote and then the answer they give might be like a sentence. Yeah. Why can't you just quote just a portion that you're responding to and then put your reply? You have to put the whole thing all over again. Oh my God. I think on Bungie, the, the maximum was like seven levels deep. Which and is still and that's deep. just too much. That's right. just too much. You also get people on there like, they're like, oh, we, you know, we should have armor lock back in Halo 4. And it's like, no, <laughs> you should jump off a cliff is what you should do. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we had, we had a guy we played with, uh, what was it, not last oh. night, the night before he said armor lock. Negative 22. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's look him. Me, that, no, look, look, I like the armor lock. You can disagree all you want. Oh, Jesus. There was nothing better when you first got Halo. Wait, breaking news, breaking news. Martin Smith is no longer a co-host of the Spirit... No, anyways, go ahead. <laughs> let, let, let me finish there. Come on now. Go ahead. So, it, so it's... You, first time I got Halo Reach, and I saw it on a video clip. You have your armor lock. You went down the armor lock when a, when a ghost is flying towards you, and you blow up the ghost. That was one of the greatest things you could do on Halo Reach. You know what? I'll agree with you. On the large maps like that, that was great. But when you had it on Countdown... The, oh, no, the, yeah, that was yeah, ridiculous, yeah. you know. And then, oh, you know, I yeah. ended up 
uh, tailoring my Spartan, my Spartan's abilities to you know everybody else that was using armor lock. I'm like, okay, if you're going to use it, then I'll use it too. And I got really good at whenever somebody would go into armor lock in front of me, bam, I'd go into armor lock in front of them. Okay. Then because as soon as they popped out of it, I'd pop out of it, EMP them, and then kill them. And they'd get pissed off, man. I'd get so many messages. Oh, you're a jerk. Well, like, well, you're the one that was using armor lock. Quit using it, and I won't use it. And then we'll just go at it evenly. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm not saying that it was awesome. Like, and you could use it on any map, but on large big team maps, yeah, with lots of vehicles, that was fun. Yeah, hemorrhage hemorrhage was great for that. You know, I I remember uh, both killing ghosts and being killed when I was driving a ghost and in, into somebody that armor locked. So you know, I mean, it would kind of irk you, but you know, that's part of the game. But you know, but whenever you got to kill on somebody using armor lock, then it yeah, it was fun. But Can I- can I just say something just really quickly going back to how you're talking about you got banned for three days? No. No, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Did I, did I tell you the story that I got banned for a month from three from uh, from Halo Reach matchmaking? Really? Right? Yeah. I got banned for a month because my son, we were playing on Firefight, <laughs> and my son didn't play. He walked, oh. away, from this, he walked, he walked away from this. He was AFK. He was AFK, playing Firefight, just me and him. On the, on the, I think it was a team doubles playlist on Firefight. Uh-huh. That happened maybe two or three times. The kid was four or five years old, like, and he was playing, but he'd come back and he'd pick up his troll and get a few kills and then go away. And all of a sudden, hello, credit ban. You know how you could get your credits and yeah. your levels? One month with a credit ban. Wow. Three for three. I even, I even, that was when three for three had just taken over Halo Reach. And I ended up going on the forums then. And doing like a, a thing to whoever was the moderator at the time saying, this is bullshit. Um, my son and I were playing. How else do you want to introduce people, get people to introduce people into the game if you're going to go and do super shit like that? But um, <laughs> yeah, I thought I'd just thought I'd throw that in there just when you said you've been banned. I thought that was an interesting little thing to throw in. You know, uh, let me add to that too just briefly. You know, I, I hope that that kind of stuff doesn't happen again because you know what? If somebody wants to go AFK, Fine, you know, in firefight it kind of sucks because you need the people to help you out. But I'll be honest, in Halo Reach firefight, I kicked ass and I still do because I still play that once in a while. Uh, so I don't care if somebody goes AFK because it means more kills for me. It means me getting the chance to get more vehicles that I want to finish the commendations. You know, does it ruin somebody else's experience who isn't playing AFK? I don't say it ruins it. It makes it harder, but it doesn't necessarily ruin it. And like you said, in your instance, this was your very young son. I don't think it was fair for them to ban you for that. You know, and if and if they say, and I've heard them say this, well, you have to be responsible for everybody else that's on your Xbox. Come on. We bought the freaking game. Let us just play the game. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I didn't actually pick up Halo for that month. I believe I it. I love my Halo. I didn't pick up Halo Reach for a month. I went back and played Halo Three, and I played other titles because I was that. I was that too. <laughs> I was way too pissed. And, and you know, and that's just it. And so you know, right now, again, we mentioned Halo Four. The population there is pretty damn small. They can ill afford to be banning people for you know things left and right like that. Um, and I haven't really heard much of that happening. Thank goodness. But, um, you know, again, that's one thing I just don't want to see happen or come back again. Yeah. Sorry about the tangent. I just no, no. Throw that in there. No worries. No worries. 
Okay, well, let's move on to the next thing then. Uh, this is regarding uh, Halo Swag, and Swag can cover just about anything. So <clears throat> the first thing uh, that I'm going to mention here is uh, um, uh, the composer, Neil uh, Davidge, for, uh, for Halo 4. Uh, he tweeted out that there is going to be a special edition bundle of the uh, the Halo 4 soundtrack with uh, a, a T-shirt, and there's actually a few other things. So uh, let me just read over some of the things that's included with this. Okay, first of all, this bundle is exclusive to Amazon, and uh, the price is $34.99. That's before any tax and shipping. Um, so this is what uh, what it says on Amazon about this. Uh, Halo 4 limited edition box set and t-shirt. This special edition box is available in a limited quantity, each exclusively numbered and contains the following. Original soundtrack CD includes 15 tracks. A bonus remix CD with remixes by DJ Ski and THX. Uh, is, that, is it Gui? Probably Gui. Or Gui Barado. Sander Van Doom and Julian Jordan. Apocalyptica. Caspa and more. There's uh, a 180-gram 12-inch Master Chief picture disc vinyl of remixes. A making of Halo 4 music DVD and book features behind-the-scenes photos and footage from the Abbey Road sessions. That's pretty cool. Neil Damage production and composition notes. A 12 by 12 Halo 4 art print, an exclusive art print of Master Chief signed by Neil Davidge, plus for the first 5,000 special edition box sales only, a Halo 4 avatar download code. And then, of course, there's a t-shirt, and the t-shirt has the Halo 4 logo on it, and underneath that it says uh, original soundtrack. You get all of that for 35 bucks. Now, uh, to me, that sounds like a pretty good deal. If you haven't, if you haven't already got the Halo Four soundtrack, this is most certainly the way to go. You know, that's a lot of stuff. I already have it, and I'm even considering getting it just for all the other shit. You know, all the other swag. Not to mention the vinyl. That's pretty cool. You know. So, what do you guys think? I mean, yeah. it, you consider getting it, Zach or uh, Martin? Yeah, I, mean, oh, I, so I have a little bit left on a gift card that I might. Uh, there you go. Purchases. So, so if you guys are interested, not just you guys, but everybody listening, uh, if so, if you go onto Amazon and you type in Halo Four uh, limited box set, uh, you should be able to find it. And, and if you can't find it by that, add in in the search area. Oh, by the way, you're going to be searching in the music section, so it should find it. Uh, but add in Neil Davidge, and you should find it. And the cool thing is, then when you when you find them, you can actually buy that. Uh, per the size of T-shirt. So they have it as small, medium, large, extra large, and 2XL, and they're all the same price. Now, I mentioned $34.99, I believe. Yeah, it's listed on Amazon at $35.99. Whatever, that extra dollar isn't going to kill you. Uh, so um, I don't know how long this is going on for. Now, they mentioned, you know, 5000 so I imagine it's still going to be available for some time. Yeah. So... Uh, you know, but but really, that's a heck of a deal. Uh, if you already have the soundtrack, then I would suggest getting this for yourself, and then giving your your one to somebody else as a gift. You know, regifting that. Uh, you know, because you want all the good shit, you know, all the signed stuff and all that. You know, <laughs> but uh, so I, you know, I think that's a good deal. And uh, like I said, I uh, I'm definitely contemplating getting that myself. Uh, an interesting little tidbit as a plug for Amazon, um, free plug that they're not paying for. Um, if you go to smile.amazon.com, a portion of your purchase 
is donated to a charity of your choosing. Sweet. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. That's very good. You know what? Remind me of that later, Zach, and I'll post that up on uh, on the blog, too, so people can read that and know. Uh, it'll be interesting to know what kind of charities there are, so that's a very good plug. Yeah. Cool. Okay, that it on that, guys? Yep. All righty. So the next thing is, uh, and it's again about swag, but in this case, uh, it's a lot of different things, okay? This information came out from New York Toy Fair uh, back in February, and I'm just going to name the items, and then we can start discussing each little one, Bob. Uh, you know, in and of themselves. Okay, so there's a Halo 4 UNSC Fleet Officer bag. There's a UNSC Warthog Messenger bag. A Halo 4 Ammo Crate Tin Lunchbox. Uh, collectible keychains. Uh, UNSC Warthog keychain. UNSC and Forerunner lanyards. Halo key covers. Uh, so, you know, that's a lot of different things here. So let's go uh, start back with the, the first one, the Fleet Officer Bag. Now, when you look at this thing, if you're familiar with uh, the uniform that Lasky and the other uh, officers on the UNSC uh, Infinity wear, this looks like uh, the chest of the uniform. So it actually looks pretty cool. Uh, it's It's a little bit pricey. I believe it's sixty dollars, but when you look at uh, when you look at what it is, uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, it the, is cool. The dimensions of it here. Um, let's see. This is the outside dimensions: thirteen inches tall, twelve inches long, and has adjustable shoulder straps. By the way, on the shoulder straps, it's got this uh, this little shoulder pad that has a UNSC on it. Um, uh, the interior can fit tablets from sizes up to 11 and 3 fifths inches tall by 7 and a quarter wide by half inch thick. So, uh, you know, this would be a great uh, a bag for your uh, for your tablets or really, you know, if you want to just haul anything. Uh, this should be available sometime this month. It says at various online retailers, so again, approximately $60. You can probably, well, I imagine you can certainly get this on Halo Waypoint, but uh, they're, you know, check out your local, or not your local, but your uh, collecting sites like Entertainment Earth, Big Bad Toy Store, and so on. Those would probably be the ones that would also carry this as well. Uh, so you guys, have you guys seen this? Yeah, man, I'm Yeah, they're awesome. Wait, did you guys say you're planning on getting it, either of you? No? Probably won't get it. Probably yeah. won't get it. But, um, I mean, but, I mean if, if I was in the market for a satchel bag or something to carry my tablet in, I'd definitely consider an option. Yeah. But, um, but I'm more interested in the other stuff down the page. Yeah. I mean, I like I like the way it looks, but it's kind of an awkward shape. Yeah, it is. It is a little awkward. All right, well, let's move on to the next thing then. So there's the Warthog Messenger bag, and uh, and that one uh, looks pretty doggone cool. Um, now, the, this one is not uh, material like the other one. It actually uh, features a hard shell uh, with a nylon interior, and it actually looks uh, it looks like something that would be in the UNSC. Um I don't know if you would say like a UNSC gas can or maybe like a, a meal packet can or something, but uh, it absolutely looks like something that would be uh, in the UNSC straight from the games. Uh, this one is, is expensive as well. It's $70. Again, online retailers available uh, this month as well. Um, the dimensions for this, it's 16 inches long. 13 and a quarter inches tall, fits laptops up to 15 inches. Uh, it does have mesh pockets in it and, again, adjustable shoulder straps. 
Thoughts, guys? This, look, this, this looks really cool. I would, I would actually get this because I need a messenger bag. Yeah, and th- th- this looks really cool. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that uh, as opposed to the as opposed to the other one, at least this one, um, you know, it. Uh, I don't know. It just I think it would kind of go with you know a lot of things as opposed to the other piece that does kind of look like a uniform. You know, um, the only thing I would be concerned about is because of the color and the shape of them, what it looks like. It almost it, this goes down to the next item too. It almost looks like an ammo crate. So. <laughs> Be a little careful with that. Yeah, so speaking of the ammo crate, uh, we mentioned that there is the, the ammo crate tin lunchbox. And this looks very cool. And I actually will consider getting this. Um, this, again, available uh, this month, April 2014, $30. The thing is, don't buy it for your kids for them to go to school with. Yeah. Oh my God! Because it looks just like an ammo crate, and you don't want that happening. But I can see if you're if you're a hunter, hell yeah. Go ahead, Zach. What were you gonna say? Well, I was just gonna say it looks like uh, since it looks kind of suspicious, if you, if your kids take it to school, they'll probably get suspended for a week. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And you'd be like, no, it's Halo. It's it's just from a video game, and I love it. You know? Well, yeah, but it looks like gun paraphernalia. You know? Yeah. I like the I little wish. meal packets, though. Those are cool. Yeah. And, uh, what, go ahead, go ahead. Fun, I think what's funny is that in the States, you probably get sort of suspended from school, but in Australia, no one would even look at it twice. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it rock past and be like, oh, that's a lunchbox. Cool. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, you're lucky there, I guess, in that respect. Then, now you mentioned the uh, the sandwich bags, Zach. Uh, those are reusable too, so that's good. I guess I'm assuming that they're probably some kind of a cloth thing or something, and you just wash them. I don't, I don't know, but uh, um, so yeah, for thirty bucks, I think it's pretty cool, um, and I think I'll buy that one. Uh, so let's move on to the keychains then. Uh, the first one are the collectible keychains, and these are uh, there's two different versions of the of uh, the Spartan. Uh, Mark VI helmet, one is Master Chief helmet, and the other one is, uh, it's a zinc alloy with pewter finish. Uh, they both, uh, feature kind of that, uh, orange bronzes, bronzes, uh, visor. And then the other, uh, keychain is Guilty Spark. So, uh, those look pretty cool. Um, Guilty Spark. I won the Guilty Spark one. Yeah, yeah. They, uh, the Master Chief one and the Guilty Spark one are 13 bucks, and I don't know why the other one, uh, is 15, I guess the zinc alloy and pewter maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, if I get these, yeah, I'll definitely get the master chief and the, uh, and the guilty spark one if I get these. Uh, but yeah, they look pretty cool. Yeah. Just the master chief one for me. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Guilty spark is still an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he is. Oh, don't be like that. He's awesome. No, leave him alone. Leave him alone. Shades of Halo 2. Follow me. <laughs> Follow me into this place. Okay. Oh, well, maybe it's Halo 1. I think it's Halo 1. Halo 1, yeah. Yeah, yeah follow yeah. me into this place. All right, what's in here? Flood. Lots and lots of flood. Yeah. Thank you, bro. Yeah, right. <laughs> but he was so friendly when he did it. Yeah, you know what I mean? like, yeah. Like, he was so inviting. He's, yeah, you're right. He's an asshole. <laughs> All right. So then uh, this next thing is they call it a warthog keychain. Now, I, the only reason why they call it that is because on one side it's it's just printed. There's a a, a side a silhouette of 
uh, a warthog. Uh, and on the other side, it's got a little patch that has UNSC. But what's cool about this uh, is it's a canvas strap, and it's uh, it's got a, a carboner clip uh, on the one end. So uh, that, I think, is actually pretty cool. It's $15 for that. Again, uh, April as well. Um, and I don't know that I'll get it, but... Darn it, if it's just something that just looks cool to uh, to collect, you know? Yeah, looks very cool. I'd, I'd probably think about buying that because I'm the baby of keys I need for my job. Ah. That'd be kind of cool, yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay, uh, and let's see. Next to the last thing is uh, they have the UNSC and Forerunner lanyards. Uh, they're only $6 each. Uh, the UNSC one uh, has this UNSC Infinity Access card. Uh, it has a full stamping on it. And that access card looks very similar to the the uh, access card that came with the Halo Reach uh, Legendary Edition. So I think that's one that I'm definitely going to get uh, for 6 bucks. You know, I mean, that, that's a pretty good deal. The lanyard's 15 inches long. Um, and, uh, you know, again, that's a pretty good price. The Forerunner one uh, has kind of these Forerunner, you know, you guys all know what Forerunner stuff looks like in Halo. Uh, and it's kind of got this, you know, these Forerunner uh, graphics on it. And then uh, the little thing that's attached to that is uh, the Reclaimer uh, symbol within uh, a Forerunner symbol as well. And then it also includes like a little uh, ID sleeve. So whenever you go to conventions and whatnot, you can put that in there. And again, for six bucks each, this is uh, one little thing that I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't take it to conventions, but I would just have it as a collectible. What do you guys think? No, they both look cool. Um, I used to, back in high school, I used to keep my keys on a lanyard. Yeah. And then have the lanyard string hanging out of my pocket. I thought that was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I had these back in the day. You know, you, so you're talking about kind of like what the what the cool kids did back in the '50s with having their uh, having their uh, chains and all that hanging out out of your pocket. That's yeah. that's what you did with the lanyard. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Hey, by the way, I'm pouring a, a glass of a, a drink here, so if you guys just heard that, that was not me pissing on the side. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Martin, I'm sorry, I didn't hear. Did you, were you considering either of those? Probably not the lanyards, man. Uh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah, all right. Nah, not, not for me. I mean, for six bucks, if they're a couple of dollars, maybe two or three dollars, maybe. Yeah. I'd probably buy both of them, but you wouldn't probably just buy one without the other. Yeah. Being a collector. Right. And that's the thing, I think, with most of these items. If you're going to buy one, you theoretically want to buy the whole lot. Right. Except for maybe the. Um, no, actually, you just want to buy them all. You couldn't just <laughs> buy one Kieran, could you? And then right. not want the other two. Yes, you could. Yeah, you could. Yeah. <laughs> you really, you really don't like Guilty Spark. I hate. I hate. This, I hate this is interesting. I was going to get a tattoo. I was thinking about when I was younger, maybe about five years ago. I was going to get a tattoo of Guilty Spark, like on my on, on my calf muscle. I thought that would be different. Well, that'd be cool. That would that would that would, that would be cool, but. Uh, me and Guilty Spark aren't uh, aren't the best of friends. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think I'm going to change my name to XXL Guilty Spark Fan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let, let me go over the last one here, and then we'll move on to the next things. 
<laughs> All right, so uh, there are these uh, Halo key covers, and there are six of them. Uh, one is a Master Chief helmet. The next one is uh, uh, Sarah Palmer's helmet and logo. The next one is uh, Spartan League. It kind of looks like MLG. Uh, the next one is the um, the limited symbol that came with Halo 4. It's uh, it's kind of like the, it's the bird with the star uh, from the UNSC, the new UNSC logo. Um, the next one is... Um, the uh, the CAMS logo, that's the uh, Corbulo Academy of Military Science from Forward Unto Dawn logo. Axios. Yep, Axios on the other side of it. And then the last one is uh, a grunt. Now, the thing is, it says that each each key cover, each, is $6. Yeah. That, I have to tell you, folks, now, I will pass on these. Uh if it was six dollars for the lot of them, yeah, I'd be all over it then. You know, a dollar a piece, I could do that. But man, six bucks a piece for these, you know, and uh, I don't see that it's you know what it says that it's made of. You know, if it's like a, a a rubbery thing or if it's just you know like a thin plastic or whatever. So I'm gonna have to see these things a little bit better, and I will definitely at least wait on the sale. But if, if yeah, six bucks each, too much for me. If I was gonna buy one, I'd probably buy the Axios one. Actually, that that and maybe the Grunt one, but I wouldn't bother with the others. Yeah, it's just me. Yeah, I get the Spartan League one. That one's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, now to each our own. It seems like we kind of have a little varying uh, mix there, and that's that's good. That's a good thing. Well, I've always mentioned this about collecting. No one is wholly right or wholly wrong in what they collect and how they collect. The collecting is a personal experience. So, uh, you know, you might only like certain things. You know, you might be a character-focused uh, collector who might, in this instance, like, would only carry uh, collect Master Chief stuff. Or, you know, you might like oddball stuff. Or you might like only some of the things and not all the things. Or you might be one like me that if I could afford to buy everything, I would probably buy everything, you know. But... <laughs> You know, but again, we're all right. We're all right. I'm not going to say we're all wrong, but we're all right because it's all our own specific experience when, when we're we collect. We're all right and we're all wrong, damn it. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, right about that. Okay. <laughs> let, let, me, uh, let me move on to the next thing here. Uh, so this is, uh, it's Halo related, and I'll explain this here. Um. Mattel, the uh, the toy company Mattel, has bought Mega Brands. And for you folks that don't know, Mega Brands is the company that produces Halo Mega Blocks. And uh, all of you folks that uh, that come to my blog often, and if you didn't know already, that's HaloFanForLife.com, which I'd imagine if you're listening to this, you know that. But for those of you that, uh, that do come to the blog, you know that I review so many of the Halo Mega Blocks sets um, on the site there. So this news is actually pretty important, uh, for a number of reasons. Um, Mattel already had, uh, licensing deals with mega brands for, for Barbie and, uh, and Hot Wheels. And Mattel, it seems has found that, uh, they love what mega brands is doing and that they can actually, increase uh the the marketability of those products as well as the market presence and uh maybe able to do some other things and instead of uh instead of like leasing out the li- license to mega brands by buying them then you don't even have to worry about that you just 
take it all over. Um, so it'll be good in a way uh, because, you know, Mattel is, is, if they're not the number one, they're, like, they're the number two toy producer in the world. So this will be great for, uh, for Mega Bloks. Now, as far as collector stuff goes, though, uh, Mattel does not have a great experience with collector brands. So how will this impact Halo Mega Bloks? Um, the worry is among the, the Halo uh, community, the, the Mega Bloks community, is that they will start doing stuff like they've done with some of their other uh, collector-focused stuff where they have these hyper-exclusives that you can only get at conventions. And we're not talking about stuff that's like at San Diego Comic-Con or New York Comic-Con where even if they're exclusive there, that's still relatively easy to find. No, we're talking about some very specific cons that, that they would do themselves or other smaller cons that you know you, they're not going to produce mass quantities and it would just be near impossible to get. And that's something that uh, we Halo Megablocks fans just don't want to see happen. We want Mattel to keep their hands off of Halo Megablocks and let it go as it's been going because they've been doing quite fine. You know, the only thing that we want to see Mattel do is, you know, is pressure retailers then to give them more space because obviously Megablocks contends with Lego and Lego has a crap ton of space, whereas Megablocks has, if you're lucky, a quarter of the space. So with Mattel backing it, um, there's a chance then that, um, you know, Megablocks will get more of a presence in the toy aisle, which means more area for Halo uh, Megablocks and hopefully more sets, newer sets. Uh, there, there was a whole a whole revamp coming uh, that was shown at New York Toy Fair for the Halo line. And this was pre-Mattel buying. Well, it was probably in the works, but it was kind of behind the scenes. But uh, anyways, you, you can read about that on the blog. Um, but anyway, so it's a good move, I think, for the marketability of the product. But as long as Mattel lets the folks at Mega Brands, by the way, they are keeping, well, from what I understand, they're keeping everybody. Uh, as long as they let those folks at Mega Brands run that, you know, that portion of the company, because they know that, you know, they that's what they do, then I think we'll be okay. Any thoughts there, guys? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know, I'm the collector of the three of us, so. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was going to say, you, you, you have the most knowledge on this area, buddy. Okay. Yeah, you're the expert, so if you think it's a good fit, it's a good fit. <laughs> okay. All right, okay. then. Well, uh, uh, what's that? No, carry on, mate. Oh, okay. I was, I've, got, I've got something else I want to bring up. Uh, it's kind of a theory that I've got, but uh, uh, yeah, I'll let you go. Keep going. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, the next thing, this is uh, kind of miscellaneous Halo stuff. Uh, and this actually, this next thing uh, is uh, is kind of neat for, for we here at the Spirit of Fire podcast. Uh, I've mentioned on the blog, uh, Halo Escalation. It's a comic book that's being done by Dark Horse Comics. And in uh, this latest issue, issue four, <clears throat> uh, the Spirit of Fire, which is the, the main ship in Halo Wars, um, has, uh, has been mentioned. And in fact, in issues five and six, we're going to, from the looks of it and the sounds of it, we're going to actually see the spirit of fire come back into Halo Cannon. Uh, I got to tell you, for me, that's exciting because the ship itself was very cool. And if you guys played Halo Wars, uh, I really enjoyed the, the game. The cinematics for that are fantastic. And even though they came out in, I believe it was 2010, they completely hold up against anything still. Um, 
so with uh, with this information, then, and like I say, in, in uh, escalation number four, um, I don't want to spoil it, but the spirit of fire is mentioned. And then in five and six, uh, it looks like there's going to be, they're going to find it and there'll be some interactivity with the ship. So, you know, how will that relate to Serena, who was their AI, who by this point, you know, since the ship's been lost for 30 years, she will be completely batshit crazy and probably have already, you know, completely obliterated herself, you know, or she's completely crazy and taken over the ship and, you know, who knows what. If you read Halo 4, I mean, I'm sorry, Halo Escalation 4, you can kind of see where that might be possible. Again, I'm not going to spoil it. You can go to the to the blog and you can read my review of it, so then you can see what I'm talking about. Or you can, of course, always go to Dark Horse, buy the digital version, or your local stores, uh, local comic book stores, and buy it, which is something, I, again, I always promote. Buy from your local stores. They need the support. All right. So anyways, again, though, for us being the Spirit of Fire podcast, uh, I think it's just very cool news to know that the Spirit of Fire is coming back into uh, to Halo lore. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then uh, the next thing here, <clears throat> excuse me, we had mentioned Phil Spencer earlier. And uh, this next thing uh, goes to a different article. Um, that uh, was posted a little while ago, uh, a couple weeks ago, <clears throat> where he says uh, it was a mistake to sugarcoat the Xbox One controversy. Okay, now, while this isn't specifically Halo, it still, you know, kind of speaks to, you know, uh, our interests. So, uh, again, I'll read this, and then you guys feel free to interject your thoughts here. Uh, long before sales figures and game releases dominated the headlines, the only thing any gamer wanted to talk about was Microsoft's radical online strategy for the Xbox One. As it was originally described, the Xbox One was going to be an online-only console in the strictest sense. If you weren't connected to the Internet, the device wouldn't function. After several unsuccessful attempts to reach a middle ground with consumers, Microsoft threw in the towel and reverted to the standard uh, policies of the previous generations. <coughs> Excuse me. In an interview at uh, X, it's S, sorry, S, X, S, W, I always screw that up. Anyways, Phil Spencer, uh, who's the head of Microsoft uh, Studios, admitted that he and his team did not approach the delicate situation in an ideal manner. Uh, let's see, he says, uh, I looked at last summer and that wasn't a high point for me. Coming out of the announcement of the Xbox One and E3, where I thought our messaging around what we believed in uh, was confused. Um, I had learned a ton last summer as leader of our groups about being true to your core vision about what a product is, not being confusing. And frankly, when you're going to say something to a consumer consumer that might put them off, it's better to be, it's, it's better to just be, di- okay, let me re- let me back this up. I want you to listen to this, this sentence. When you're going to say something to a consumer that might put them off, it's better to just be direct and honest rather than trying to sugarcoat something that might be controversial. Folks, that line right there points to a lot of things that really messed with Halo 4. Hashtag hindsight. Yes. (laughs) Frank O'Connor saying there's no perks, but there were. It might not be the same, but it's very similar. You know, a lot of things that they're saying, well, we're going to bring Halo back to its, you know, back to its core. Well, actually, you brought the campaign back because it's Master Chief and Cortana, but multiplayer was not brought back back to its core, not by a long shot. 
You know, there's a lot of things that they added in that moved it away from the core. So hearing Phil Spencer say this, and now, by the way, he's got a promotion, too. I forget the name of his new title. He's head of Xbox or something like that. But um, the fact that he's saying this, it's better to just be direct and honest. Okay, so you're saying this, buddy, but then you're saying, well, if there's a Halo 2, no, well, you know what? Just be open and honest with us, please. You already are quoted as saying this. So that's why, you know, when we were discussing this earlier, I knew we were going to come to this. You know, um, you know, he's, he's not necessarily trying to sugarcoat it, but with all these rumors surrounding it, I, that's why I just say, just get on with it. Let us know, yes or no, you know. You know, and everything points to it being yes. So just freaking be honest with it. Just say, yeah, there's going to be, and we're going to give you more information come E3. You know what? That would be great. And then there's still going to be, you know, we'll be talking about it. The pros will be talking about it. There'll still be plenty of discussion. So it's not like you're halting anything. Okay, let me continue on with this uh, this uh, article here. I'd rather deal with the controversy of what we're doing and have an above-table conversation about that topic rather than trying to sugarcoat it with some other news. Again, that's quoting from him. Um, had Microsoft been more forthcoming at the outset, explaining in detail how its new online strategy could affect the next generation of consoles for the better, consumers might have given the Xbox One the benefit of the doubt. Instead, confusing, drawn-out reveals and a refusal to answer basic questions resulted in outrage. Well, <laughs> that goes without saying now. Uh, if there was anything to be gained by Microsoft's bold plans, uh, the awkward delivery assured that we'll never know. Uh, so what do you guys think here? There's, I have a lot of things that I could say about this, but I'd probably be rehashing some of the things I'd say. So please, you guys go ahead and, uh, interject here. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think that the way, uh, the way that they originally wanted to market the, um, next generation of their console was genuine. I think the way they did it as he puts is, was not a good way to do it. Um, I definitely, I mean, me as a consumer, I would rather pay less for games that I could buy directly on my console rather than spending the money at a store. I would rather spend it at the console. As long as it's cheaper. Yeah. as, Yeah. As long as it's cheaper because there's no distribution costs, there's no cost to transport the games, there's no packaging costs, Right. there's no production costs. It's totally digital. Um, I understand. I understand the need for copywriting and you know stuff, licenses, software licenses. That's standard everywhere. In, in computers, especially, software licenses that's standard. Um, so I understand that portion. Now, the way that they marketed it wasn't the greatest. They said <laughs> it, it was kind of like it was kind of like this is what it is. Shove it down your throats, and there it is. Because even if you remember, uh, was it Don Matrick? I, le- I believe it was that said. Sure uh, was. Yeah, that he's like, well, you know, if you don't like it, then just stick with the 360. You know, really, really that's bad. I, I, I think that's, I think that played a part of his leaving. Well, you know what? <laughs> I, I go back to that again, and I say that he was probably already in talks with Zynga, anyways. So yeah. he didn't give a shit. 
We'll never know. We'll never know the truth of that. Either he was already in talks or because of that statement, they said, you know what, you're going to be gone. And he went ahead and went to Zingo. Who knows? At, at this point, it doesn't even matter. It's just that that was a colossal failure on their parts. You know, um, let, let's give a little bit more back history to this. Um, from what I understand, and I could be wrong on this, so forgive me if I am. But from what I understand, the PS3 uh, back then was trying to do the same thing that the Xbox One uh, wanted to do, uh, and that's by you know having uh, uh, digital uh, copies as opposed to buying discs. And the PlayStation owners definitely did not want to go that route then. So here we are, you know, several years later, what like eight years later, and now the Xbox One is trying to do the same thing. Now, if you remember, the PS3 lost the console battle to the 360, and a lot of people point to that online feature being, you know, being the death knell for it. Now, you look at the current thing, and uh, the Xbox One saying, well, we want to do this all online, and uh, I agree with you, Zach. They probably were genuine at the genuine with it but their delivery of the message just really uh was horrible and it turned a lot of people off and now you see that sales for ps4 uh at least internationally not uh within the united states but at least internationally uh far exceed that you know um it doesn't help that the you know the Xbox One is a hundred dollars more and there's you know there's that that sketchy uh X, you know, the, the connect that you got to have. And, and, you know, some people are still frightened of that, quite honestly. And the way that they explained that, it, it, that yeah. wasn't good either. It, it didn't also help that at that particular time uh, is when there was all that talk of the NSA, which is the, the you know, the yeah, national security. There was all that talk about them using the Xbox to snoop on, you know, gamers or anybody yeah. using it. Yeah, that all just didn't help, you know. So <clears throat> so I'm glad to see Phil Spencer saying this, that it was a mistake to sugarcoat it. Uh, but then, you know, let me go back to that sentence again. Uh, just part of it. Uh, it's be- it's better to just be direct and honest rather than trying to sugarcoat something that might be controversial. So um, I would rather he, if he's going to say that about that, then can you please just be open and honest about the next game? Is it Halo Two Anniversary? Is it going to be on the Xbox One? Let us know. If you know if if you're going to announce it at E3, then all you need to say is we're going to announce information about that at E3. That would be enough. You know, th- this this constant uh, thing of hiding behind stuff, you know, letting people play out the rumors and they not saying anything, you know, I'm completely tired of it. I'm over it, and it really pissed me off with what they did with Halo 4 because of that. And we got a game that we got that, while good, wasn't great, wasn't finished by any stretch. So I don't want to see that happen again because the franchise can ill afford to have something like that happen again. Uh, and then, you know, that's just going to take the franchise down further. And, you know, we being Uber fans of Halo, you know, we just, we don't want to see that happen. All right. Uh, can I make a couple of points? Sure. Like, By all means. Firstly, firstly, when it comes to physical discs and digital downloads and what, what they're trying to achieve with Xbox One, and even what you're saying about PS3, at least now, sort of these days, most people have a lot of downloaded games on their console now because they're slowly coming around to it. But it just goes to show that, firstly, people still aren't quite ready to go without their physical discs. 
Um, second thing I want to point out, and we've spoken about it before, so um, when you're talking about prices on digital discs like this day, I'm still paying a 99.95 for freaking Halo 4 on yeah. the Xbox Live Marketplace when I can go and pick it up for $24 at sort of EB Games or GameStop or any of those affiliates. Yeah. So why the hell is it so expensive online? It shouldn't be. It's ridiculous. No idea. It's it's dumb. And it's the the only one of the Halo titles which a year later is still full price. It doesn't make sense. And and thirdly, the other thing I want to sort of talk about with Xbox One and and sort of the way that it's been marketing for it last year, now that they've come out and said all that, I, I wouldn't say I'm willing to give them a pass now. But if they aren't honest at the at the C three, if they don't stick to their guns and do the strategies properly at the C three, they're at risk of absolutely snowballing their console to PS four even more. Because PS four, as you know, is already outselling. Mm-hmm. It's outperforming with developers. Developers are saying now that the PS four is easier to develop games for yep. already. So they have to be honest, and they have to they have to make people want to buy their products. So they're going to have to really, really, as we keep saying, smash this next E three out of the park. Yeah. For us, for us, it's Halo related, and that'll that'll that if they have lots of Halo, it's going to smash out of the park for us. But there's other consumers out there that need more. Yes. Um, whether or not they can deliver, they reckon that they can, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they go this year after last year's debacle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> Sony was just eating up everything that Microsoft was saying, and then they turned it around on them at E3 and just destroyed them. You know, I'll never, I'll never forget that conference, man. Did oh. you watch it? Did you watch the PS4 conference? Yes, that was that was hilarious because as soon as that guy came on stage, came on the board. You, you do not need to be online. Just three little t- sentences yeah. just buried in market stuff. It's yep. the funniest thing. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. do think, I do think the way that Microsoft... Uh, the, uh, what Microsoft is trying to accomplish needs to happen in the gaming industry. I think... I mean, this Eventually, is... Yeah. Because, I mean, like you said, there's no reason why... Microsoft should be charging full price for a game that came out like a year ago that's not popular anymore when you can go to like get it on Amazon or go to a used game store and get the copy for way less. Absolutely. I mean, that's, that's just undercutting money from Microsoft. Yeah. Granted, granted, they get a little bit of the sale, I assume. Maybe not, but. Actually, on the reused games, they don't. They don't. Yeah, they, only get, they, they only get money from the uh, initial new sale. Yeah, what better way to cut out that entire market than to than to do what Steam does? The way that Steam is so successful because Steam has this, you know, um, digital only marketplace, and the way that and the reason why Steam is so successful is because they have moderately priced games right. that are cheaper than anywhere else you can buy them, and they have sales. Like if you hear about people on the Steam sales. Man, people spend buttloads of money on Steam sales. To yeah, get I've heard about games. that. I've heard about that. If if the Xbox Live marketplace was like that, man. So so here's the question then. Let me ask both of you, um, uh, because obviously Martin, your answer would be different because of the currency exchange. So what then do you think would be a fairly a fair priced new game uh, bought online? 
through Xbox for Xbox, One. Yeah, for Xbox One. So uh, sixty dollars is what your normal game cost is in the states. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So uh, if you're going to look at that, I'd say maybe forty-five. Okay, yeah, I was thinking forty. Forty. I would say forty, forty-five. Forty-five would probably be a decent price. The top end. Okay. Yeah. yeah and and I mean, see, we, and the thing is, is they get one hundred percent of that sale. You know, of that. And they can keep those prices up longer. And the thing is, is if they decide to reduce it, they're still getting 100% of the reduced price. Not where, you know, where GameStop, if they if they get a game and they resell it to somebody, Xbox isn't getting squat for it. And here's the thing, too. So by reducing the price, let's say it's 40 or 45, people will be more apt to buying DLC then because they didn't have to pay the full price for the game to begin with. Yes. You see, you see, the cost difference for us is so a normal game, say Halo Five, ready to come out tomorrow, would be ninety nine ninety five. So, is that dollars, is that Australian dollars? Yeah, but our dollars are the same parity. So, wow. one Australian dollar equals one US dollar. Currently. Oh shit! Oh my god! So really? We, so yeah, I think we're at, I think ours is slightly we're ninety six, ninety six, so four cents out of uh, off the dollar. From what the US is, so our games here, ninety nine ninety five, brand new. Wow. So say when you have when you have a big game, so you say Grand Theft Auto, where when multiple retailers are selling it, I think the cheapest that I found it was seventy nine. Wow. Wow. Dude, uh, the uh, Xbox One that's not region specific, right? It's not. No. So I'm okay, not so there. we need to look into then how much it would cost to ship a game to you, because you know. If if it doesn't cost too much to ship, I mean you you get a little bit later, but you might not have to yeah. pay as much. Holy crap! But again, though, that's where being able to buy online, if you could buy it at a reduced rate, uh, would certainly be better. So you know, I, I think we're all fairly much in agreement that you know it's it certainly is the way that gaming needs to go. But wow, they needed to deliver that message a lot better. Yeah, I mean, I think there's still going to be people who are like. Yeah. to the old system like right. I want my disc I want my disc why do you need a disc yeah like the box yeah the box yeah. and the disc and everything else just takes up space and, and then also the 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 whole point of uh you know people being mad that well you have to be online now well you know most games now you have to be online most games are developed with some yeah. kind of a multiplayer aspect or something that means that you have to be online to be able to play it so yeah, that kind of goes out the window I think realistically, as generations go, and maybe give another 10 years of sort of the, the, the cycle of electronics, eventually people look back and go, do you remember when we had to use discs for games? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree with you there, yeah. You know I mean? It was the same thing with, with VHS, you know I mean? Can you remember when we had to use VHS or 8-track? Or, oh, 8-track, oh my God, you're really going back. And, and you know what the a track oh my god when that first came out that was like that was the thing it was like oh we don't have to fast forward through all these we can just skip ahead a few things oh my god yeah i mean everything like everything now is going digital you look at movies tv shows like i mean it only makes sense the natural progression of things and game discs would eventually be moved solely to digital you, you know, and now this is a little off tangent here. Sorry to interrupt you, Martin. A little off tangent. Since you mentioned that about everything going digital, how about 
we get brand new movies that could come through our cable supplier instead of having to go to the freaking theater and paying buttloads of money yeah. to go see a you know I'll be honest if I could if I could watch you know even if it cost me ten dollars to watch the movie that means I can invite a whole bunch of people over and we could watch the movie for ten bucks I could you know we can make a party night of it or whatever you know and we could all watch the movie instead of us each having to spend ten dollars or more per ticket not to mention you know the refreshments and all that wasting the gas to go down there yeah. gotta be honest I would really be into that and then you know the 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 studios get one hundred percent of that money or much more than they would than going from a theater you know they yeah. they have a deal with the well, Cable companies, but anyways. Working with Comcast, you probably wouldn't. Yeah, well, Comcraft sucks anyways, but I've said that before. Anyways, okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Martin. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. No, no. I mean, I think at the end of the day, when, when as I said, give it 10 years, but I agree 100% with Zach. I mean, there's always going to be one or two people that have to have their discs, but it's going to be a dying sort of technology soon. But I mean, look what iTunes did with the music marketplace. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. totally revolutionized the way we purchased music. Oh, I remember what I, <laughs> I, I was going to say. Um, I mean, look at, I don't know if it's the same for you guys. Most of our video store chains over here are closing down. Like, a lot of oh, yeah. Buses, oh, yeah. A lot of, lot of blockbusters are closing down here. Um, we've got a chain called Civic Video. Those are all closing down. Video Easy is another chain, the major chain that are closing down. I mean, people just don't use these these stores and people would rather watch sort of pay tv or cable tv and, and get them on the same day they're, they're released on dvd over there right the cable box right so you know it's, it's kind of sad because i used to work in a video store but <laughs> years ago but yeah yeah what do you do all right, fellas. Well, we're uh, we're starting to wrap up here a bit. So let me just mention a couple things that are specific to the blog, and then if there's anything else you guys want to mention after that, by all means. All right. So <clears throat> I just want to uh, uh, let everybody out there know that if you haven't been to the blog in a little bit or you haven't seen it, that I do have a Pinterest page. And if you don't know what Pinterest is, that's uh, where you can you pin as they call it um you know pictures or you know graphics whatever of whatever it is you want to post and uh of course i have one that's all about halo so if you go to pinterest.com and that's that's the word interest with a p in front of it pinterest.com uh backslash halo fan for life one uh, which is my gamer tag uh you'll be able to find the site or if you just type in the search field halo fan for life one uh, and that's the number one at the end. Uh, you should be able to find my page. Now, if you go to the blog uh, on the home page, right-hand side, there's a, a menu bar there, and you'll see it's one of the top ones where it says uh, HFFL Pinterest, uh, and you can go to there. And you can see uh, a lot of things that I find either on Pinterest itself or from around the web uh, of all kinds of uh, Halo uh, images, graphics, fan art, you know, everything. So, Please, uh, go, you know, go check that out and, uh, you know, feel free to uh, repin that or uh, download it, whatever you want to do with that. Um, also, uh, since our last uh, podcast, I finally have 
open up the forums for Halo Fan for Life. So uh, it's a separate registration from the blog, but it's it's pretty easy to do there as well. Um, and uh, you know, this way you'll get to interact with uh, uh, fellow uh, fellow readers of the blog. Uh, I'm on there as well quite frequently. So uh, in fact, I, I post quite a bit there. Uh, so um, you know, this is an opportunity for you to, uh, if you don't want to go to Halo Waypoint, <laughs> or uh, you know, you're just looking for another site out there as well that discusses everything Halo. Uh, please feel free to come on over and uh, register and post. You know, anything about Halo, uh, we'd certainly love to have you there. Um, oh, by the way, and the link for that is pretty easy. It's halofanforlife.freeforums.org. Uh, and, uh, again, you know, please, uh, come check it out. Uh, lastly, I'd mentioned about, uh, you know, mega blocks, uh, just, uh, in case, uh, you're interested in, uh, reading those, uh, toy reviews that I, uh, I talked about earlier and so on. Uh, if you go to the, the blog, you can find again in that menu bar, uh, there is a link to, um, the mega block section uh, of the blog where I show all the reviews. Otherwise, it's uh, it's this hopefully it's not too confusing. But the link is halofanforlife.com backslash question mark cat equals six. That's the category six, and uh, right there that'll take you directly to uh, all the postings I put about mega blocks. So if you're a uh, mega blocks Halo mega blocks collector fan, uh, then bookmark that through you know specifically if you want to look at that stuff. Um, that's all I have. Uh, Zach and Martin, do you have anything else? Do you want to go Zach or shall I? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I'll, as always, you can find me on Twitter. It's uh, at the Halo Array. Um, if you want to, if you want to get in games with me, I regularly, you know, stream online as well. Also, my Twitch is the same, the Halo Array. Um, my gamer tag though is the Halo Array with a zero instead of the O. Um, also, last thing, and I promise I'm done, um, <laughs> is on my website, thehaloarray.com. Um, I haven't really used it that much, um, but I'm creating a network of streamers, YouTubers, and content creators. Um, so if you have a YouTube or a Twitch stream that you feel like isn't getting enough views, just uh, just you know tweet me, and I'll add you to the list of networks. Hopefully, I'm having hoping to have that portion of the site set up this, this week. Um, with some more interesting and cool stuff to follow. So, yeah, make sure to check it out. Well, you're, you're, you're going to have to uh, remind me of that again so I can give you my link to my YouTube. Yes, most definitely. <laughs> Martin. That's awesome. I've kind of got another topic. Oh, do you? <laughs> well, All it, right. it, it, Go it's ahead. Kind of, it's kind of a topic, but it's going with what we've been talking about. I've got a theory, and I've been looking at it sort of while we've been talking. <laughs> going back to the movie theory. Um, with uh, with what kind of subject they're going to use? Remember Joseph Staten, um recently came back to Microsoft and is working on an unspecified Halo, or not Halo, but unspecified, unspecified project. Yeah, yeah. And wait, say who he is too, so people know if they don't already know. So Joseph Staten used to work for Bungie, who are obviously the creators of Halo. He was kind of the he was actually known around Bungie as the Halo Bible sort of, if people had a question about the law and the fiction, Joseph Staden was like the keeper of the information. People would go to Joseph Staden to, as to where the franchise was going. He, he, <clears> even, wrote, he even wrote a book. Uh, he, he did Contact Harvest, which is Sergeant Johnson's um, story yeah. of how he came to be in the Halo universe. Oh. So I'm hoping, 
I'm hoping with Joseph Stalin coming back to Microsoft, what else would bring someone back like him right. from being Seven and Bungie than going to work on a movie? Now, if he was working on a digital release of something, wouldn't it be something he'd know a lot about in terms of maybe contact others? Wouldn't that be cool? In uh-huh. terms of storyline, um, the character sort of where it was driven from. So bringing um, that all back around. Interesting. Yeah, I was just thinking, I was just thinking about it because I was looking at the, the current authors and how Justice Stanton was just so big with the Halo universe. That's who you want to be running your other projects, you know what I mean? If there's someone you want to be run, running sort of law and franchising other than the game, that's the person you want to do it. Hmm. So maybe what we were talking about with Sergeant Johnson, it might be closer than what we think. Hmm. This E3, this E3 is certainly going to be pretty telling, I think, for the rest of the Halo franchise. Either we're going to hear a lot of stuff or we're not going to hear enough, and that's really going to dissuade fans even further. And I just hope that we hear about Halo 2, the next Halo game, uh, the Spielberg TV show, the uh, the Ridley Scott project, and uh, and any other things that tie in with that. I hope people don't get kind of pissed at it, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. once E3 is said and done, I hope that the writers of all sort of the, the game reviewers, IGN, everyone else, they come out and say, you know what? Microsoft's whole conference was basically Halo, and then with a wee bit of other games and other things. And that's cool. It'd be good for us. But um, <laughs> I hope it could draw negative from other people right. who aren't so familiar with Halo. It's just been bombarded with so much. Right. But saying that, we want to see it, so who cares? <laughs> <laughs> All right, sir. Well, do you want to plug your uh, your Twitter as well? Yeah, mate. I'm at the Halo Opinion. Uh, no, no spaces. Um, I won't say my gamma tag because I am going to change it. I've been really slack at changing it because I've said I've been going to do it for ages. Yeah, I've been waiting um, there. <clears throat> yeah, no, I'm going to. I'm going to. <laughs> um, payday shortly, my friend. Payday shortly. But, yeah. um... Yeah, come come and follow me. Uh, I, I do. I've been posting a lot, sort of recently, um, posting bits and pieces, and trying to keep up with the news. And I think I was one of the first couple that retweeted one of GameSpot's reviews about the news about the movie coming out and stuff like that. But um, yeah, absolutely, come follow me. And yeah, cheers. <laughs> and and by the way, uh, Zach, the word for the day is permantes. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm. For you, for those of you that don't know, uh, you're going to have to check that out on the blog and uh, and and via our Twitter as well. Uh, of course, you can find me at uh, Halo Fan for Life. But uh, just just quickly, the Promanis is a sandwich shop here in Pittsburgh, very popular. And uh, when Zach was down here uh, last summer, we went there three days in a row. <laughs> Good stuff. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Oh, yeah, it, it, you know what? If it would travel well through the mail, I'd send you one. But I think, you know, fearing fearing the fact that, you know, you're all the way in Australia and how long it would take probably wouldn't be so good by the time I got there. I, I absolutely, you know, I'm going to hold you to it because I, I do plan to come to the States in the next few years with my family. So I'm going to be on your doorstep saying, all right, take me there now. Bring it. You bring it, man. You get here and you better believe I'll take you there. You better believe it. <laughs> cool. Hey, uh, and one more thing also, I know you're not really, like, but the Red versus Blue series, I'm just going to say it anyway. That's okay, go ahead. The, the new series comes out on the on this month, on the 28th, so season 12, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Check it out if you get time. Obviously, go back and watch some of the other series. Um, 
good for a laugh, but also it's still Halo. Still a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> and, and, and on that note as well, too, um, you know, congratulations to uh, to Rooster Teeth uh, for uh, their. Uh, I think is are you sure that's season twelve and not eleven? Because I know they just tweeted out that it's their eleven uh, year anniversary of Rooster Teeth, Teeth being in existence. It might be eleven, mate. Give me two seconds. I'm a bit cheap, but carry on. Oh, well, that's okay. So, congratulations to them. You know, uh, you know they've certainly been around for uh, for that long and a while, and uh, you know they've been put into the Halo games, and uh, you know they still have uh, quite a bit of ties to Halo. So, uh, uh, you know, a proper congrats to them. Season twelve. It is season. It 12. is season twelve. Okay. Yeah. All right then. Well, uh, either of you guys have anything else here? Final remarks. Yes. No. No. Roll on. Roll on E3. That's it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we hope to have uh, these podcasts a little bit more frequently. But we've been, I wouldn't say slacking. It's just that there hasn't really been much to discuss. And we kind of let some of this build up so we'd have a really good, solid podcast to get out here with a lot of information for you. So uh, uh, certainly, uh, I, I imagine we'll have one before E3, if not a couple. But uh, you know when, when E3 comes around, we're going to be all over that. So uh, I want to thank uh, my co-host, Zach, and uh, Martin for joining me today. Uh, you know, it's a different time for, for us. Normally, Zach and I do this in the evening while Martin does it in the morning. So uh, thank, uh, thank you, Zach, for getting up extra early. Yeah. Uh, and uh, thank you, Martin, for uh, staying up late. And hopefully you can get some sleep for work tomorrow. Um, and thank you, all listeners, for, uh, you know, for taking the time out of your day to, uh, to listen to our podcast. And uh, please, uh, if you've got a Twitter account, uh, tweet out the uh, Spirit of Fire. It has its own Twitter, though we don't use it much. Uh, you know, please, uh, you know, tweet out Halo Fan for Life, the Halo Array, and the Halo Opinion. And um, we appreciate uh, your again your time for listening to us. And uh, until next time, we are out of here. <laughs>